Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle! I'm so happy to be back! Oh, I'm so happy to be back too. Oh, this has been a nice little break from last season, but I can't stop thinking about the show, and I just constantly keep playing the games that we're going to be doing anyway, and I am just so freaking excited to be back for season six. In what fucking world was this a break? All we did was play games and work on the show. <laughs> it's true. We You're did absolutely not, right. We did not take time off. I'm Andrea. And I'm Tom. And I've been playing video games nonstop and watching Let's Plays and interviews from creators and acting like this is my senior goddamn thesis. And I have <laughs> no end in sight. In what world did we have a break? <laughs> Not to complain, I genuinely love this show. This is The Other Castle. I'm Andrea, that's Tom, like we said, and we break down the plot, lore, and more behind some of your favorites, some of your soon-to-be favorite video games. Oh, yes, we do. It's been so much fun. You know, we've molded the show, we've crafted the show, we've got people that have been listening since season one which is amazing all nine of you and we're sorry if you've been listening <laughs> since season one those might get archived to be real yeah they're not good oh they're fine they're, <laughs> they're totally fine because you, you know what ones. they got us to 50 episodes because this is episode 51 fuck off is it really this is absolutely episode 51 not our 50th game yet but it is episode 51 oh that's cool yeah i'm also on the show i don't know what's happening <laughs> But, you know, this show, uh, we come out weekly. This is the start of season six. So hang out with us every Wednesday. We'll be dropping a brand new game. Some of these episodes are going to be very, very, very long. Very long indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we, I don't think we have any games as long as last season's Red Dead Redemption 2, but we're going to get damn close. Because that one was like five hours. Yeah. Right? Four hours, 50 minutes. I think. Did we finish it on that road trip? There's one where you put <laughs> no, it on. No, we never did. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we drove from San Diego to Las Vegas and uh, we still didn't finish the episode. <laughs> like with holiday traffic too. Yeah. <laughs> there were some times where it was a little slow. I fell asleep and wake up and be like, ah, we're in roads. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then you look around you're like, wait, are we? Are we actually? Is that Pearson? Yeah. <laughs> I think I see uncle. No, that's just Baker. <laughs> World's tallest thermometer. That is a big-ass thermometer. Yeah. So we are so excited to be back, like Tom said. This is our sixth season of this. We've changed the format a couple times, but the general gist is we play these games. We dive right into them. We give you fun facts. We don't give you a lot of theories. We like to keep it very straightforward in terms of what happens canonically. I dig into a lot of creator interviews. I get really fucking weird yeah. with it. <laughs> no, hard canon only, no fanon. So sorry, Five Nights at Freddy's fans for that episode because, you know, I'm not going to go with what MatPat says as being legit, don't only what the creator says. Don't engage these people. <laughs> I know. I feel like such a tourist having done that game, honestly, because a I'm tourist. like, yeah, I'm like, I have to go in and know all the lore. But I mean, the things they talk about, I, I can't even fucking comprehend, to be real. And the game's dark as a hell. It's a yeah. lot of child murder. And it's so dark to see kids just being like, Franny. And it's like, do you do you get he's going to eat your face? Like, you can live with half your temporal lobe or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, but how excited are you to see Matthew Lillard <gasps> as William Afton? You could have just said Matthew Lillard. And the answer <laughs> is yes. Yeah. To see him as William Afton. Oh, that's going to be so, Shit, yeah. so good to see that in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. And then the kid who played PETA in the Hunger Games is his son? I think he's playing Michael Afton. Yeah, the okay. security guard. So we don't have Henry locked in yet. Not yet. How do I petition from the voice actor from Henry in Firewatch, <laughs> who is a legit actor. He's oh, yeah. in The Devil Wears Prada, you know, a movie from 15 years ago, <laughs> to be Henry. 
I'm sure he's done other things. I don't watch a lot of random shit. No, I know. He's not like a major A-list actor by any means. But yeah, he was in Devil Wars Prada. <laughs> and he was like, I believe it was BAFTA nominated for yeah. Firewatch. Or at least Game Award nominated. You know, Firewatch was fucking seminal. And his performance is the only thing holding you through a walking simulator in that game. So That's he true. is very talented. I just, I love Mia Henry. I love Mia you Henry. Do. We, I don't think we're hitting any Henrys, though, this season. I'll see about that. <laughs> I don't think I have any in mind, though. So yeah, fuck I, I me. can't recall any Henry's, but that's all right. That's all right. But looking ahead in the near future, if you're listening to this while this drops, we are gearing up for Level Up Expo, which is a gaming convention in Las Vegas. This is February 17th through 19th, and we are going to be there in the community booth area. Yeah, we're in the community booth area, and we have a lot of other like really fun organizations and groups that are in that area with us as well. So we're really excited to get to know some of them and see some of you guys. And where are we going to be exactly? We are in the community booth. We are C03. We are right behind Las Vegas FurCon. All right, the furries are going to be joining us. So Yes, we will be next door to Critical Care Comics, and we are going to be Kind of up on the rail right before the exhibit hall turns into the game hall, which is super exciting. So if you're there, you're walking around the indie game developer area. We'll be right next to that. Yeah. If you're looking for a fur con, I'm not going to judge you, but I'll also be right there on the other side talking video games. And yeah, if you met us at Amazing Con last year, uh, this is looking to be about, what, three times the size easily? Easily. Oh, yeah. No, super excited. So. Come by, say hi, give us a high five. We are beyond excited. We will have some merch there too if you want to grab something. Mm, and mm. maybe some spoilers for the rest of this season. That's true. We will have the entire list of episodes that will be up for this season there at the convention. So if you want to know what's coming, you got to be there. That's We did that for Amazing Con and we yeah. were telling everyone like... Uh, Untitled Goose Game. That was the one everybody got really excited about. <laughs> excited or confused? They were like, <laughs> how are you going to tell the plot lore more of the Goose Game? And I was like, watch me. <laughs> Full gremlin. Like, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. And we also leaked Cyberpunk and got some really cool content from a cosplayer who was a really cool Johnny Silverhand. We did some fun stuff. So totally. if you're in the area, come say hi. That is the same weekend that Pokemon Go is having their in-person event at some Sunset Park. So if you happen to be in town for that, I know there are a lot of people flying in for it. It's the first one in Las Vegas proper. Sunset Park is incredible. There's free parking. It's huge. I will be jealous. And speaking of Pokemon Go, if you want to play Pokemon Go with me, I'm level 46. I'm getting up to 47. I play Pokemon Go with the people in our Patreon Discord. Yes, that's a great plug for our Patreon, by the way. So during the offseason, if you've missed us so much, we are still dropping episodes <laughs> monthly over there on our Patreon. Like we did a history on Tetris, which is one of the wildest fucking stories you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, we have that uh, preview actually up available like all the time. I screamed so much during our Tetris episode. And I was <laughs> I was like, whatever. Tom's having fun. And I was fully invested, like popcorn eating Jeff, like fucking tell me what's happening. I'm going out like trying to put out hits on people I didn't like in the story. <laughs> I'm treating them like characters. These are whole ass people with like families and shit. Yeah, you made a joke in a previous episode about like, oh, I want to do a simple game like Tetris or something like that. Because we were talking <laughs> about like doing a live episode or some shit. 
But then you had no idea that I actually had a Tetris episode in me somewhere. No, why would you? <laughs> you, you know why I said that? Because it was a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then you took it and said, bet. And then you made it a reality. Yeah. And then you met some of the most amazing people in gaming through that because of Alexei Pajitnov and Hank Rogers and all the people that get involved. I would do terrible things to protect Alexei. <laughs> he is a perfect angel who's never done anything wrong in his life. But yeah, if you want to hear that whole story, sign up for our Patreon. We've got... Tears as low as $3. We got merchandise coming through there. We have access to our Discord. We're having great conversations. We're talking about the new Lost of Us TV series. It's running on HBO, which we've already seen the first episode by this point. Fucking amazing. I cried so hard. You did, yeah. <laughs> Harder than I've cried playing The Last of Us. <laughs> which, like, you, you played Last of Us with me, and you've seen me go through it for organically for the first time. Sobbed like a stupid child <laughs> in the pilot of the last of us series so i'm so stoked on that yeah no it was really great and don't forget that you can always go to our website theothercastlepodcast.com that's theothercastlepodcast.com and over there we actually just launched our first round of merch in the item shop it's so cool get a skin yeah oh, get Ooh. a skin equip a new skin you know do all sorts of fun stuff get yourself a shirt so yeah we've got some of our fun phrases like take a bio shot you can also get you know just the podcast logo on a shirt yeah it's cool. It'd be weird if you guys had a little 8-bit version of me on your body, but I'm not mad about that. So let's fucking get weird with it. Let's go. Yeah, you get stickers, you can get computer cases, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, it's very nice. So that's all available at theothercastlepodcast.com under the item shop tab. But you know what? That's enough self-promotion. There's a reason people are here, and it's not to hear us talk about us. I was going to say, Tom, podcasts where you listen to people talk <laughs> about us. Got it. Yeah. No, it's That's a... okay. You're here for the game. And today's game is one of the most requested that we've had. Like after Five Nights at Freddy's, it really kind of fell off in terms of games that were getting requested. But this one has been at the top since forever. Yeah. And I think it's, I think part of it's because there's been a movie. There's been some other pieces. There's been a Nathan Fillion fan film. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Today we're talking about uncharted the first one we're just going into the first one drake's fortune there's gonna be a couple references to some other ones i watched the movie you're welcome <laughs> honestly it's it's not ter. it's a good airplane movie like yeah. it's a good movie or like throw it on when you're cleaning okay you know it's there's some fun set pieces they do some fun shit it's not a great movie we're not getting a second one but I wasn't watching it with you but i was like coming in and out of the room while you were watching it and uh yeah every once in a while i was like Oh, that was fun. Yeah. You don't need to be invested in that no. thing. It's nice seeing Tom Holland work. That's the thing is Tom Holland is kind of always Tom Holland. Yeah. It, it's hard to not hear Spider-Man when he's like, oh, let's go get the fucking amulet or whatever. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's after Thanos. Good, good for you, buddy. Like, he's going to do a funny jump. Right. <laughs> and Marky Mark is not a good Sully. But we will talk about a great Sully in Uncharted 1, Drake's Fortune. Fantastic. <laughs> this was, came out in North America on November 19th, 2007, which is an entire lifetime ago <laughs> on the PS3. So this is canonical to the Last of Us universe. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Outbreak Day was canonically, what, 2003? Yeah, I think it was 2003. In and... the show, it is confirmed 2003. Yeah. Hmm. So that makes this interesting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it might be different in the games, though, because these do show up in The Last of Us, but that might just be a Naughty Dog thing. 
Like I said, the game was developed by Naughty Dog, who at that point were really only known for Jack and Daxter and the Crash Bandicoot games. Oh, right. Obviously, because this was pre-Uncharted <laughs> and pre-Last of Us, which is a whole ass thing. Yeah, it's weird that this like group that was known for making silly animal games then went and made this serious adventure game. Serious animal games and then wildly intense emotional <laughs> fucking <laughs> adventure games. Yeah, that's right. In 2001, Sony Entertainment actually bought out Naughty Dog, which is why all their properties have been PlayStation exclusives in recent memory. Oh, wow. Okay. And also, if you got the PlayStation 5, for example, there's that kind of short game trial thing where you go through as the PlayStation, like, bubby guy and fucking... Right. What is it called? I'm so, floundering. The, the Playroom. Playroom. Thank you. Yeah, the PlayStation Playroom. Yeah, it's like you said, it's kind of a demo reel of everything that is available on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, and they reference most Naughty Dog games. There's like, there's a zombie thing that's clearly supposed to be like Last of Us moment. There's a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. And obviously, Big Boy Drake. Naughty Dog, hot on the heels of Jack and Daxter 3. They, you know, they did the third one. They were a little burnt out and they wanted to create a new IP. You know, you're just jamming out crashes, you're jamming out Jax's. No, that's fair. I mean, Whatever. that's how we got Little Nightmares. They had made the third uh, Little Big Planet, and they were like, I just want to do something different. Give me some darkness. <laughs> they really took a fucking turn with that one, though. <laughs> this is still kind of an adventure. Like, we're going to explore and do some fun shit. There's some platforming. There's some puzzles. Yeah. Little Nightmares is a whole ass. <laughs> anyway. So they were like, man, let's do a new IP. So a lot of the team that built Jack and Daxter were like, let's fucking do this Uncharted thing. The game was written and directed by Amy Henning, who served as the game director of Jack and Daxter 3. So she kind of kept the troops moving. Okay, so they, they kept the trust going. Yeah, entirely. Which is also a very Naughty Dog thing. They don't have a shit ton of creators. Right. It was Amy Henning, and then it was Neil Druckmann, and now we're here. And it's still Neil Druckmann. It's still Neil Druckmann. <laughs> <laughs> Which, can't knock either of them. They're putting out some really good fucking content. They are absolutely... This is absolutely not to disparage either. I think they're both very brilliant people and incredible storytellers. I mean, they've both had long story careers and now across multiple platforms and mediums. So. Oh, right. Yeah, both of them now, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so Amy is a UC Berkeley grad. So what's up, East Bay? And she got into video games and had been in the industry since 1989, which oh, is goodness. longer than I've been alive. That's Tetris year. <laughs> That's Tetris year. <laughs> You're just plugging at that Patreon. I gotta keep, I, I'm really proud of this Tetris episode, I gotta admit. It is really good. I hope this one's good, too. <laughs> right now, she's working on a game called Forspoken, which is an RPG for Square Enix building out directly for the PS5, which is kind of cool. And okay. I didn't know that was coming out. It's one of those things where, ah, and that might sound familiar, but it's not on my hit list of games like Atomic Heart and Judas that are coming out right. that I really want to play, but I'll keep an eye on that. She was with Naughty Dog until the start of Uncharted 4, and she left right before it came out. And after she left, a young buck named Neil Druckmann stepped up as the writer-director, and now he's working on some zombie show. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just so fucking rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I already said I adore him. It's fine. Speaking of writers, so how long was the script for Uncharted 1? What do you think? Let's see. I mean, how long is the gameplay? If you run through and have like a decent time, let's call it a 10 hour game. Okay. If you're going hardcore parkour, fucking every collectible, it can get up to like 15, 20. Literal parkour at points. Literal parkour. <laughs> That's just a dumb thing I say. I'm sorry that that worked out as a pun. Okay. 
And you don't know necessarily like what the ratio is of gameplay to cutscenes. There, it's certainly healthier than Last of Us. <laughs> um, you know, All right. I I'd almost want to say like twenty to twenty five percent cutscenes. Like you are playing a lot more than in Last of Us. Then I'm gonna go ahead and say like two hundred fifty pages. There was no script. What fuck the you. fuck? <laughs> there was no script. I'm so sorry. I made you do math in your head just to say fuck you. <laughs> How the fuck do you make a game with no script? Amy Henning wrote scenes on the fly and allowed the performers to do ad-libbing throughout. Oh my god. I mean, you've got Nolan North there, so you're definitely like in good hands with the improv. Yeah. But my god, like this... to just trust that they're going to come up with every fucking line? This is like if early aughts Judd Apatow did Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking worked. Oh my lord. I was thinking like, curb your enthusiasm doing indiana jones but i like yours better no i fully see like the 80 minute like cut <laughs> uh cutting room floor shit. line-a-rama yeah, bullshit line from like four-year-old virgin and shit but it's nolan north <laughs> like holding a gun to someone's head and doing some crazy shit no they i mean she had some pages but it was more of like big outline big story thing here's where i want the characters to go pretend let's like, go yeah <laughs> so no it's it's truly wild and you know a lot of the characters did the guy who played sully uh really took advantage of this and did a lot of his lines as improv and another aspect is because she was the director she wanted the characters to really connect with the performers and vice versa so she was like no no i want you to sit with this character and think about what they would want to say and like how their motivations lie in the scene and where they want to go and how they want to get there so it was a, a big trust exercise, frankly, kind mm. of for how they produced this. I mean, I guess fair to her point, like she doesn't necessarily know what a person would say after falling out of a plane. <laughs> so you kind of go with what you think they're going to say in the moment after going through the scene. Yeah, yeah, well, you're emotionally invested in this. What do you think? What do you think they would have said right now? Fell out of a car that fell out of a plane? I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our nod to the movie. <laughs> it's a goddamn delight. So speaking of the movie, we are referencing the cameo from the iconic BAFTA award winning Nolan North. Oh, uh, Nolan North. He's been on this show a few hundred times. How can you do a video game show that doesn't talk about Nolan that's North? That's fair, though. Him, Troy Baker, Yuri, fucking Ashley Johnson, everyone that's not worked with Naughty Dog. The cast of Last of Us 2 and Nolan, who was in <laughs> Last of Us 1, and Yuri, who's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously Chris Judge, who gave the best fucking game awards, thank you, acceptance speech of all time. He's the coolest man on earth. Like they tried to play him out with the orchestra and it just sounded more epic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of Nolan North, he was a soap opera actor prior to getting heavier into video games. He was on a show called Port Charles, which sounds like sad people with boats. Yeah. Uh, where he met his wife, which is very cute. Oh, he likes to brag that his wife gets mistaken for Michelle Pfeiffer all the time, which is like. Such a flex on both their parts. I was going to say, that's not a bad thing to get mistaken for. No, that's so fucking sick. <laughs> so that show went off the air in 2003. And from there, he's like, let's do some fucking voice acting. I hate makeup chairs. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, so in the back half of 2005, so not too long after the soap opera ends, he was hired to be Nathan Drake. And in early 06, end of 05, mocap filming started, which feels so fucking early for mocap 
That does. Like, I was going to ask you if this was mo-capped the way that the rest of the Uncharted series is, and it's still this first game was. It's It blows my mind because I'm also looking at, like, Red Dead, where it was so perfected, but they're still figuring shit out. Right. And, you know, like, Cyberpunk, where clearly they kind of made an attempt, but... Fucking Avatar still figuring it out, like... Yeah! <laughs> damn, that's really impressive. I know you have a bone to pick with the graphics of Avatar, and I'm not going to touch that, but... <laughs> yeah, no, in 2000... Like, as early as 2005, Naughty Dog was fucking with mocap, which... Iconic as fuck. This wasn't his first VO gig at all, or even his first video game gig, but this so solidified his place in the video game world of performances that now that's kind of all he does. He, I think he's a dad on one of the Pretty Little Liars' character's dads. Oh, really? I've never seen it, but I think I saw something referencing it of like, why is Nathan Drake on Pretty Little Liars? But yeah, he does occasional things. Again, king of voice acting. Keeping his resume nice and diverse. He is the space core. That is true. He is the space core. He's all the cores. <laughs> he's space is the only one that matters to me <laughs> so the mocap technology that they were using was so early they didn't even have mics on the body or face cams you know they have these kind of anglerfish looking cams is kind of the best i can say it's got dots on your face so they can track all your face motions and a big camera staring at you which has got to be awkward when you're working with other people right one of my favorite things, just to divert for one more second, in The Last of Us 2, there's footage of Ellie and Dina kissing, and they keep getting their cameras and mics. Like, <laughs> they're genuinely trying to kiss, and, you know, Ashley Johnson is much taller than Ellie, so she's kind of doing a little thing. Hunched over. Yeah, it's, it's adorable. I love it so much. Anyway, this was, again, so early. They had to go in and ADR their lines after they would do the physical part. So they're, like, running and doing cutscenes and have to go back and watch themselves run around, which also sounds exhausting and kind of humiliating to watch yourself run around in spandex and be like, what was I thinking of? All right, let's do this. <laughs> Bless their hearts. That sounds so much harder. So since Nathan Drake kicked off a huge wave of his video game career, he's been in countless VO positions in animation, in video games, and, you know, like I said, just occasionally a live action stint. Across the Game Awards, BAFTAs, DICE Awards, and Spike Video Game Awards, he's only ever been nominated for his performance as Nathan Drake. Really? Period. That's it. And, like, just in the one game or, like, each time he Across does Across the board. I believe okay. four got the most nods and nominations because... If you guys know what happens in four, you know what happens in four. <laughs> we're not spoiling that one. We're just spoiling the first one. And, you know, it was the most recent. And video games, frankly, have picked up a lot more in that mainstream arena of paying attention to the Game Awards. I think the Game Awards started in 2014. So yeah. this wouldn't even qualify. The BAFTAs have put a lot more love into their video game categories since. Four was also right there between Last of Us 1 and 2. So they really That's needed right. something to hold people over. Yeah, and it was the Naughty Dog Boys. Yeah. <laughs> that is Troy Baker and Nolan North. Yeah, so it entirely. Was, it was Neil Druckmann saying, I'm doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Their last time working together. It happens. No, it wasn't. They worked on the Avengers together. Oh, but separate. Yeah. 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 Anyway. They definitely didn't grab a beer after that one. They have their own drama going on. Let's look into that separately. <laughs> Nolan North has over 450 acting credits on IMDb. And his four main series appearances as Nathan Drake are the only ones that have ever gotten recognition. Oh. <laughs> Which, wait, that sounds bad. But he's that's, so talented. He's so talented. And that's just to speak to how iconic and heavy this character has been. Right. 
In 2016, Nolan North got his first and only Game Award nod for Best Performance as Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4, and he rightfully won. Okay, good. That year, he beat the entire cast of Firewatch. (laughs) (laughs) All two of them. I know it sounds dramatic. There's two. As well as Emily Rose, who played Elena in Uncharted series. I was going to say four. Also this one. Yeah. And Troy Baker, who played his brother in Uncharted 4. So I guess okay. minor spoilers for four. The brother shows up. But yeah, he beat his co-stars and then he beat everyone that was involved in Firewatch. Damn. So really, he beat his best friends <laughs> in a cast. There's also a guy from Mafia 3, but it kind of fucks with my flow of the joke if we bring that in. <laughs> but you don't want to be false to reality. I so. know. Also Mafia whenever. He lost. Additionally, in 2018, after being nominated three previous times for VO performances as Nathan Drake, Nolan North won a special career retrospective BAFTA for him for this performance and also just his overall contributions to the art of voice acting. Kind of like, sorry we've been ignoring you this whole time. Yeah, it's <laughs> when Leo got it for the bear movie and they were right. like, well, yeah, my guy. <laughs> okay, you ate a heart, fine. <laughs> You should have had it for the departed. We'll give it to you now. Yeah. For the departed. That was pretty good. No, oh, it, damn. No, Fuck. it wasn't. Don't give me. You're feeding my ego and it shouldn't be. You need to push me to be better. <laughs> Funny enough, his counterpart, Emily Rose, technically never auditioned for her part of Elena. Oh. <laughs> Offer only? Oh, it's fucking funny. She just got out of college, was kind of doing random jobs in LA. And she was like, what, what am I doing in LA? I need to buy a car. She buys a car off of Craigslist, picks it up at the Naughty Dog studio from Stop. one of the people that worked at Naughty Dog. Really? The first time she walked into Naughty Dog, it was for Craigslist, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so she buys a car from some stranger and is kind of like hanging out. and is like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right. Video games. That's sick. A little while later, her friend goes to an audition for at Naughty Dog. And she goes with her, just being like, hell yeah, I'll read lines with you in the, in the hallway. Totally get it. I'm going to be supportive. It's fucking Tuesday. What else am I doing? Oh, I've been there. There is no greater LA hell than waiting with someone at an audition, I right. assume. I've never done it because I don't care, but that seems like hell. Anyway, she's just kind of hanging out and she starts chatting with this man. And Amy Henning looks over and is like, huh, Nolan and that girl have great chemistry. Oh my gosh, so she was just talking with Nolan North? Yeah, and now she's the leading lady of one of the biggest video game franchises of all time. <laughs> That's pretty great for her. <laughs> so, Holy shit. Not to say offer only, but she was just kind of hanging out. The director was like, she seems cool. Throw her in the room. Do you act? And she's like, yeah, I act. I got my car here. <laughs> separately, <laughs> entirely separately from this whole fucking experience. And yeah, um, now she is on a sci-fi show. Or, I apologize, she might it might have ended. And on one episode, they did have Nolan come in. Oh, so they've they've been very supportive of each other since the beginning. That's wonderful. And you know, Nolan, Nolan as Nathan has become his own hero as a PlayStation like icon. When you see the PlayStation fucking media thing, it's just a giant thing of Nathan Drake and Uncharted, right. and then Ellie and Joel back to back. It's fucking great. We've seen Nathan Drake's back so many times in posters and. Game art covers. That boy cannot make eye contact. (laughs) His ring is a collectible in The Last of Us 2 in the Point Break bank robbery sequence. Okay. And his likeness is also seen in some Halloween store sections, although notably it's from Uncharted 2. So, I don't know. There's some some time shit there that might not work in the show versus the game. But 
I'm not going to think about it too hard because it also assumes that mushroom zombies came to kill us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, before we also get into the plot, I want to talk a little bit about pre-pro because as they, like you said, we've seen a lot of Nathan Drake. He's a big beefy guy. It's reasonable that Nathan Fillion played him in the fan film. Oh, definitely. He looked, it, God, he played that part perfectly. More so than Tom Holland, I would argue. Yeah. I just, I cannot see Spider-Man. I can't watch Cherry because I know I'm just going to be like, look at Spider-Man robbing a bank. It's not going to happen. <laughs> the original art that he was based on was, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something and you're going to say that I made this up because I would want this to happen. <laughs> but I just saw, found it and was like, this is fucking great. And I will post these pictures to our Instagram. The original art was based on a mixture of Johnny Knoxville and Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. Those are... Actually, you know what? Those are your two biggest crushes from like your teen years. It's true. I had posters of both of them on my wall. Damn. No wonder you liked Uncharted. Holy shit. <laughs> I love Johnny Knoxville an unreasonable amount. Like, I'm a healthy person. I shouldn't like him this much. Still today. He can get it. <laughs> Straight up. I love, I, you know, I like Wayfarers. I like those, like, high tops. He's got a very classic retro look. He, You can punch him in the face and he'd, like, giggle. I like that. Oh, gotta go with therapy. I love Brendan Fraser and the Mummy as well because it's a perfect movie. That's true. So <laughs> that's what they were going for with Nathan Drake, who I don't find attractive at all. <laughs> mm. Basically, it was an adventure game with a dude, so it got nicknamed Dude Raider. <laughs> dude Raider. Do you remember oh that? Oh my god, no. I have never heard that before, and that's just, like, fucking terrible. It's just mean. I, I thought that was part of, maybe part of your GameStop days. No. Hearing that. It's just, it's so weird to hear, like, having Raider. Tomb Raider was, like, was the subversion of the genre. <laughs> having a woman be the adventurer was the subversion. It's not that it was so common by that point that they were like, now it's the guy version. No, <laughs> like it was always the guy version before that. No, this is dude right. <laughs> I kind of love that, though. A couple of random things about the characters so we can kind of get to know him before we dive into this adventure. In Uncharted 2, he is noted as 5'11". In Uncharted 3, he's noted as 6'2". But that's typical of somebody who's 5'11". <laughs> that as they get older, they're like, fuck, man, I'm just going to round this up to 6'2". It just keeps going up a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh Their dating God. profile gets swiped a little bit more, a little bit more. <laughs> so you're, you're recrediting this to Tinder is his height difference. Yeah, definitely. Got it. He is an ESTP, extroverted, observant, thinking, prospecting, on the Myers-Briggs personality test. Oh, God. ESTPs only make up about 5% of the typical population. INTP over here, by the way. I have no idea which one I am, and I, I don't know, the test seems long. I'm not interested. So long. I think that that comment alone probably gives everyone a pretty good idea of what kind of person I am. <laughs> of, nah, seems dumb, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Some famous people who share the same personality assessment are George W. Bush, Winston Churchill, Bruce Willis, Madonna and Donald Trump. Jesus Christ, take that for what you fucking will. Yeah, I'm not making a commentary. I'm just saying. Oh, that is a uh, interesting group to be a part of. He's also a Capricorn, like Al Capone, and one of the Menendez brothers. So, <laughs> I've had my opinions on Nathan Drake in the past. I have referred to him as a mass murderer or psychopath because, let's face it, after we hear tonight, 
you're gonna think the same thing probably um and yet he still does it with a smile on his face which makes him even more psychotic and we just keep <laughs> seem to be lumping him in with some of the um more storied people of history the Menendez brothers are the two boys that killed both their parents in a tax scheme and then lied about their parents abusing them in court. They are now in jail for all the murders. Yep. That's the only one I want to give context to. <laughs> it just goes down from there. It really does. <laughs> Overall, this game was getting pretty high 80, low 90 scores across the board with people just really loving the adventure story and the gameplay. IGN actually named it the PS3 Game of the Year that year. One of many, many, many Naughty Dogs would eventually rack up in its tenure. Yeah. This is really a Naughty Dog's like, all right, we're doing this. We're a serious company. Fuck Crash Bandicoot. Kind of stepping out into the spotlight and being like, I'm here, bitches. In its first 10 weeks of release, a million copies were sold. Hot shit. At this point, the title has sold just about 5 million copies. Good for them. Hell Yeah. So with all that in mind, let's let's load the guns because this is Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. Oh, here we go. The game opens with a quote. There must be a beginning of any great matter, but the continuing unto the end until it be thoroughly finished yields the true glory. Sir Francis Drake, 1587. Okay. I mean, I've I've heard many artists kind of say very similar thing, you know, where it's just completing something is an accomplishment. Yeah, it's get your shit together. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> so dismissive. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're starting great. Chapter one, ambush. I There are chapters and chapter titles I want to know right now before you... <laughs> Tom's laughing because he knows what I'm about to say. I, but here's the thing. So like... If people haven't listened to this episode yet, it's going to spoil. And also, it's getting a remake right now. Fuck! Which, if people are listening and they haven't played that game, I don't want to spoil that for them right now. But <laughs> I know what you're referencing. Fans of this show know what you're referencing. But let's just go ahead. So these will not add up to being like a spoiler for the entire game once we put all these chapter titles together. Is that what you're saying? Don't worry too much about the chapter titles. <laughs> one is ambushed again it's fine we are underwater just off the coast of panama and through the view of a camera we see a coffin suddenly the perspective shifts to above ground where a blonde woman is filming the coffin on a boat she says they believe they found the coffin of the legendary explorer sir francis drake oh a man comes in immediately and takes a crowbar to it <laughs> she asks if he wants to be defiling the remains of his potential ancestors which is like, they just put so much dump of lore. I was going to say, that's just a lot of exposition immediately, but keep going. He tells her she made that sound dirty. <laughs> he laughs as she continues filming, and she mentions that Sir Francis Drake historically didn't have any children, which immediately contradicts the claims to lineage they just referenced. So what are we supposed to do with that lore? So, like, he's related to his cousin? Mm. <laughs> the coffin is empty save for a lockbox containing a small leather-bound notebook of maps that is somehow not destroyed by being underwater. I mean, it was probably an airtight coffin, obviously. <laughs> Turns out Blondie is filming an exploration TV show, and she hired this strange man to help excavate the coffin of Sir Francis Drake. As she starts arguing with him, he hits a walkie-talkie and tells a man named Sully that they've run into trouble. Turns out there's some pirates on the way. Ah, of the Caribbean? Ooh, they're in Panama. 
Okay. The strange man opens up a briefcase marked N. Drake and pulls some guns out of a briefcase. He hands a gun to her <laughs> and she says, it's like a camera, right? Just point and shoot. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no script for this game. <laughs> he says, good girl. And then they start blasting. We are literally three minutes into the game. <laughs> so anyway, we started blasting. <laughs> exactly. That's the energy you're walking into. Fucking dude raider. This is also the first scene they shot for Uncharted in 2005. So to your point, the chemistry might have been there, but the, the flow wasn't. Yet. Right, right. This man is, of course, 31-year-old Nathan Drake. Several boats of Panama pirates roll up, and you have to shoot them all to death as the blonde documentarian is not much help because, again, she assumed a gun would work like a camera right. in the terms of pointing and shooting, which is a <laughs> cute line, but not helpful. Yeah, get your face nice and close to the backside of that gun <laughs> while you're aiming and uh, pull the trigger, see what happens. There's no kickback, you're fine. <laughs> Some pirates manage to actually board the boat as Nathan beats them to death. He does mention that they were illegally in the area and had no permits to go diving and excavating, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> the pirates are heard saying, shoot to kill, but Nathan beats them to it and murders them first. Nathan asks himself where Sully could be while taking the lives of countless people as their bodies lay waste to the sea, and then someone shows up with a rocket launcher. <laughs> as you do the boat is now on fire <laughs> how big was the boat was it like a fishing boat yeah it was like it's kind of like the larger fishing boat okay. yeah <laughs> and it was just them on the boat there are no other captains it's just them two getting jumped by pirates so these two idiots were probably <laughs> running around in whatever port city they started in being like we're going searching for sir francis drake's tomb and shit and then the pirates <laughs> are like okay well we'll just follow you after you guys find it and kill you cool thanks yeah i entirely think that's what's happening they're like we're going on an adventure and they're like bet <laughs> go for it so as we get into this and more murders to come, um, as a fun note, when this was released in Japan, they removed all the blood. All blood. And this isn't a particularly bloody or gory, in fact, game, but Japan does not get down with animated gore, like, at all. In video games. Yeah, movies, they clearly could not care less. <laughs> Again, I think it's just they're stuck on this video games are a child's medium thing, and for some reason, cartoons aren't. But anyway, one of my favorite movies when I was in high school was fucking Battle Royale. Right. Which is a Japanese movie that is so fucking gory. It it's inspired about, the Hunger Games. It's about children killing each other on yeah. an island. It's literally, <laughs> I believe they're in middle school, too. I think they're like 12, 13 or something. Like, they're very young. Are they that young? I, I thought they were high schoolers because there's okay. the guy that comes back from the year previous that's like, he seems like. 18, 19 years old or whatever. Well, he grew up a lot after the murders. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, great movie. Definitely plugging that. But, you know, we're seeing that also today. This obviously came out a long time ago. But with the Callisto Protocol, for example, it couldn't be released in Japan at all because of the gore. And they would not make any concessions on the gore. So. And nobody's that sad about it, apparently. <sighs> <laughs> I wanted that to be good so bad. So a pirate shows up surrounding the now engulfed in flames boat, and Nathan says, Sully is here. Blondie grabs her camera, and she and Nathan jump off the boat just in time as the boat explodes. <laughs> uh, so we've already got our epic explosion in the like opening scene. Like, your controller's not even warm because you haven't played it enough yet at this point. <laughs> this is the opening of the fucking game. 
They swim to a seaplane called Hog Wild, which is a level in Crash Bandicoot, which is kind of cute. Oh, okay. And Nolan North actually voices Dr. N. Jin in Crash Bandicoot, so it's very Naughty Dog. We're doing a thing. And is captained by a man that was later played by Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Keep that in mind, because this man is like, if a Tommy Bahama shirt couldn't be bothered to put out his cigar was a person. <laughs> This is Victor Sulligan, voiced by Richard McGonagall, the man who took full advantage of being able to ad-lib all his lines. That's great. He's a fucking delight, to be real. Is he? He is full comedic relief, and he's everything you want him to be. He's comedic. So they gave Marky Mark the comedic relief role? (laughs) Again, the movie is a prequel. (laughs) Like, so far you've described Seth Rogen to me. I think I I think I kind of painted the canvas a little bit by telling you about the ad living and saying this is if yeah, Judd Apatow in 2004 <laughs> made Indiana Jones. But Marky Mark versus a Seth Rogen type is definitely not the right casting. No, but... it's not. Okay. <laughs> and the blonde woman is Elena Fisher, who I mentioned is being portrayed by Emily Rose, who again got this role because she just needed a fucking car <laughs> she was a good friend and she was rewarded by with her honesty and kindness with a role that will make sure there's a roof over her head for the rest of her life power of friendship i'm telling you <laughs> facts nathan shows sully the small book and they reveal that it's drake's lost diary which is legible despite being in the ocean for centuries oh it- not nathan drake's Excuse me, Sir Francis Drakes. <laughs> okay, sorry, we got two Drakes we're dealing there with here. There are two Drakes, I will... They're related. Allegedly. <laughs> Although, they say that and then immediately try to discredit it, right. so we'll see how that goes. Sully continues to smoke his cigar inside a small airplane while he pilots the plane to safer pastures. After about nine people were murdered. The next scene has Nathan and Sully in a docked boat while Elena paces back and forth on the dock near them. It's Nathan Drake's belief that Sir Francis Drake discovered something amazing on a voyage and kept a secret diary to keep the secret to himself. Nathan and Sully are flipping through the notebook and find a page that contains a map to the road to El Dorado. El Dorado, the city of gold? City of gold! That's cool. There was a cartoon about that. I didn't see it, but... Oh, I liked it. Yeah, I've always heard it. When I was a child. Pretty good movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, the last page of the notebook is torn out. Ah, shucks. Of course it is. It's always torn out. Away from the boys, Elena is on the phone with someone asking about insurance on the boat that exploded and sank. (laughs) Because I think, which also I think sets up the structure that she is so responsible and just tries to have her shit together and is cognizant that other people exist in the world. (laughs) And Nathan lacks that. She hired the wrong person for having those morals and beliefs. Yeah, and... To be fair, I've played four. You started four. I went through four and the whole story with them. I'll say right now, if you want to fight me, you can. I'm saying to the listeners because I know your ass won't. She's too good for him. Oh, damn. Straight up. It's too good for him. I was like live tweeting while I was fucking playing four (laughs) being like, when does Elena leave him? (laughs) (laughs) Elena, baby girl, you can do better. Hashtag save Elena. (laughs) So not a Nathan fan. I didn't say that. Okay. I think he's fascinating. I just think he needs to work on himself. He needs therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Elena's trying to figure out the insurance on what happens when your boat gets captured by pirates and sinks. And Nathan and Sully are like, Elena might be an issue. And they're stoked to get to El Dorado. So Sully's like, 
What if we just left? She's a liability. Elena's asking for a camera crew and her producers on the phone, just being like, yo, there's a story here. Sorry about the boat. Let's fucking go. She turns around. Nathan and Sully just drive the boat off into the night and leave her stranded on some fucking dock in Panama completely alone. And she stays with him. Justice for Elena. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of chapter one. Okay. Off to El Dorado. That is how our game opens. This poor girl is working. She hires someone to help her find something. She gets shot at and then sees the murder of a bunch of people. The boat she was on explodes. She has to deal with insurance, her producers, everything. And then she gets stranded in a foreign country. I mean, did she commit... Okay, we keep saying murdered. Uh, Granted, the pirates were after them. That's a bit self-defense in that situation. But did she kill anybody? Because she had her point-and-click gun. (laughs) <laughs> a point and click gun I mean I think she shoots towards some people she is not a marksman you're right obviously if she's asking if it's like a camera <laughs> but still she's having a terrible day chapter 2 the search for El Dorado Nathan and Sully are exploring on a full on jungle and talking about how Sully banged a bartender in Lima <laughs> he's having trouble looking for things he's, he's just talking shit about women. he's doing this whole misogyny bro thing yeah, it's the comedic relief. It's Do ridiculous. they have, like, inherited wealth or something that's allowing them to kind of travel like this? No. Actually, in both the movie and in 4, you find that Nathan was either abandoned or orphaned as a child. Oh, like, damn. He grew up with fucking nothing. And we'll get into Sully's personal life in a little bit. But yeah, they're not... They're certainly not Nepo babies. Okay. That's good. Well, I guess Nathan might be. Nathan thinks he's a Nepo baby. <laughs> he's trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> he really wishes he was. So they're treasure hunters. They've been working together for a long time. They clearly have a good rapport. They've been traveling the world, flipping priceless artifacts from different cultures. They come up on what should be a mark for the, according to the map, but they don't see anything. They look around Sully says, this is like trying to find a bride in a brothel. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's also the line that they referenced when they were talking. I was watching something about the making of, and they were talking about lines that they (laughs) ad-libbed. Nolan's like, he turns around and says, this is like finding a bride in a brothel. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I saw that. It clicked in my head. And then later when I saw him talking about it, I was like, yeah, that's a weird fucking line. Right. (laughs) Who says shit like that? Sully. So they start looking around. They find some 2,000-year-old ruins, and Nathan's like, cool. Then he starts parkouring on them like he's a goddamn ninja warrior. And Sully's just on the ground, chain-smoking, being like, yeah, good jump, buddy. I'll tell you, the jumping in this fucking series is (laughs) so ridiculous and so gravity-defying and (laughs) physics-ignoring. It was one of the reasons I couldn't keep playing uncharted to be real <laughs> like it was there's a suspension of disbelief and there are times where you're just like come on you didn't do that <laughs> you couldn't buy into that world no no i i don't care how strong you are like i've watched so much ninja warrior and those guys <laughs> literally trained to do that shit he would fuck up at least once and yet we're supposed to assume that he is perfect in every way going across all this <laughs> parkour shit but anyway 
it's a video game. I'm looking too deep into this. Keep going. Yeah, you really gotta let that shit go. <laughs> Your biggest hang-up about this is the fact that he's, like, jumping on rocks, and not the fact that they're looking for the road to El Dorado. I know, and I got a game coming this season where 90% of the game was that, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> Honestly, next week you're going to be so embarrassed when we talk about your game. And you're like, oh, this is realistic. <laughs> Eat farts. Anyway, he throws some rocks, he crashes down into stuff, and one rock that he crashes down into opens up a secret underground area below, below the surface. Sully immediately starts complaining that he doesn't see any gold. And then he also starts making fun of Nathan Drake for having a crush on Elena. To which, like, the most reasonable thing Nathan says comes now. He says, hey, I stranded her on a beach earlier today. She's probably not that into me. <laughs> At least he's, like, self-aware in that sense. Yeah. And, like, there's some of that Nolan North charm. Right. Immediately. And yet she still is. And she shouldn't be, baby girl. You can do better. You are a documentarian. You are smart. You're a TV personality. You can get verified on Instagram. Use that blue check. But he's playing hard to get. She could be on Raya. Anyway, Nathan and Sully go deeper into this temple, and they start to identify some areas from Sir Francis Drake's journal to help them progress through the temple. They start a fire, which opens up a hidden part of the temple. They do some environmental puzzles that Sir Francis Drake clearly was in on. They get down and run into a dead end with a pool of water, and Nathan unquestioningly dives into it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Honestly, that part all sounded actually really fucking cool. It felt very like Indiana Jones when he's looking for the Holy Grail and shit. Like, But it is an Indiana Jones by way of early aughts Judd Apatow, because as soon as he jumps into the water, he says, I am really wet. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm God. not joking. Yeah, this game definitely suffered from not having a script at points. <laughs> See, Neil Druckmann at his heart is a writer. That's how he got the last of his script. So True. I think that's why people really connected with four. <laughs> but I mean, it's also credited to like these people knew their characters very well. And Nolan was having some fun. But I think Drake's really evolved with as Nolan's evolved with him. You know, that's fair. Give him that flair. Mocap's different because you know you film this and then like maybe a year later you're in the ADR booth and you're like fuck am I supposed to I'm really wet now <laughs> <laughs> so with Sully behind Nathan parkours and swims through this temple alone and is now on the other side of a really big wall he shoots at a wall blows something up so Sully can rejoin and they can both go deeper into this temple Nathan and Sully find the outline of a statue that has since been removed it appears that it had been made entirely of gold, and the temple must have been protecting or worshipping it, which is so fucking cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Solid gold fucking statues and shit. Now, um, if you haven't seen the Eldorado movie, <laughs> or just aren't familiar, Eldorado means the golden man. And Nathan surmises that they found the true golden idol that was worshipped and revered in the story of Eldorado. Because it's assumed, like, one, El Dorado doesn't exist anymore at this point, like, it, or it never did. Yeah, is it an Atlantis situation? Yeah. Or is it, is it mythology in the sense that it's Atlantis? Or was it hyperbole of something? You know, we live in Las Vegas, there's a pyramid here. Yeah, or <laughs> is it the fact that, like, somebody did come and discover it and just dismantled everything, took the gold back to Europe, and just fucking spread it out to the point that it just is non-existent anymore? Exactly. While we're here, though, the tracks are showing that the statue was dragged away. Ooh. And Nathan decides that while this probably happened about 400 years ago, they should follow the tracks. 
to be real, 400 years ago doesn't seem that long ago in, like, the way of this whole thing working, but... Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, it's not thousands of years ago where it's this mythical thing or, like, when, speaking of pyramids again, the pyramids in Egypt were constructed, like, truly thousands of years ago and no one understands the physics of how that happened. Yeah. But, you know, it's an island. There's not a lot going on there. The tracks lead back out to the jungle and they walk in to see a ship half sunk in the middle of a waterfall. Inside, like a cave? It's like a, on the side of a cave. They're, they've come out of the temple. They're outside in the jungle. There's this beautiful waterfall with a big-ass German U-boat sticking out of it. Holy shit. That's unexpected. Now, I didn't... I don't know. Boats. And this is like a boat submarine thing that's fucking gigantic that the Germans used in both of the world wars. Yeah, the U-boats were very famous in those wars. Sully says it seems kind of hinky. Yeah, it's in the middle of the fucking forest. How did it get there? <laughs> How did we get here? There should have been a script. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three, to your point, is called A Surprising Find. Definitely. Nathan makes it over to the boat, which is, like we mentioned, it was a warship. This is massive. And it's very rusty and old. The World Wars. Yeah. It is indeed quite hanky. Nathan drops in and like starts climbing towards it and is talking to Sully on a walkie-talkie. Nathan tells Sully he sees a lot of blood and soup. And, and soup? And he does not elaborate. Ugh. <laughs> a lot of blood and soup. A lot of blood and soup. <laughs> I think that some of these stabs were attempts at getting like a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a line on a shirt like hashtag blood and soup. Right. But <laughs> they just turn into weird things you see in 2023 and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God, we've come so far. <laughs> the boat is clearly abandoned, Avi. And Nathan finds corpses in the boat that have been long forgotten about, which means they are pretty rotten. We're down to skeletons. On one of the corpses, he does find some Spanish gold doubloons with interesting markings. Which, if you're a fucking treasure hunter, that is awesome. Yeah, that's like... That's all you want. (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to make a comparison. I'm just like, no, that is the comparison. The gold doubloons are the comparison. (laughs) It's like Like... a treasure hunter finding gold doubloons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the captain's quarters of the ship, Nathan finds the decomposing body of the captain, and he says it looks like he was ripped to shreds. Oh, shit. Like like by an animal or by a person? I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Sully says to check his wallet. (laughs) (laughs) That's the fun Sully I'm talking about. Nathan's on mic. Like, I'm seeing some of the most horrific shit. So, like, this dude was torn apart, and Sully's like, does he have any cash on him, though? Right. He's not going to use it. <laughs> Last guy had the balloons. <laughs> the captain died holding a map, which appeared to be after the road to El Dorado as well. Oh. He tells Sully the good news, and then suddenly, Sully just cuts off all of his comms. So that's kind of weird. While trying to leave... Nathan accidentally sets off a missile. <laughs> a missile or like a torpedo? Yeah, okay. Okay. Oh, shit. Because, <laughs> you know, you're on like, what's presumably a Nazi warship. Let's just roll with that round yeah. up. And it turns out back at shore, an angry British antagonist has cornered Sully. Oh, no. Angry British antagonists are the scariest. They really are. Those accents are menacing. <laughs> I love it. Sully has his hands up and a few gunmen surround the Britishmen. This is Gabriel Roman, and Nate immediately calls him an asshole. He sounds like one. Sully apparently owes Roman a lot of money. Oh. So Roman has kept an eye on Sully to collect. 
and he followed him here? Yes. He's like, I'm going to fall into this abandoned forest. That'll work. I'm going to wait until after you've gone through this entire ass temple. <laughs> like, again, there was a temple that was so annoying. Nate had to dive into some water, get really wet, as he said, and mm-hmm. to fucking explode some shit to make through. This is where we're at. Roman threatens Sully and Nate, and Sully tells Nate to give Roman the map as a peace offering. Roman pulls a gun on Nate, and Sully walks in front of it to catch the bullet. And as Nate screams and runs at Roman, the missile in the boat goes off. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the missile. Right. This causes a huge distraction, leaving Sully with a fresh gunshot wound. Nate takes the opportunity to run away, and Roman's men chase him through the jungle. Like, it's bang, 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 giant explosion, run. (laughs) So did he leave Sully behind then? Yeah, Sully got shot, and he was just like, I could carry this old cigar-smoking man. <laughs> or, or run. Or run. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a chance here. Yeah. As Nate finally makes it away from Roman's men, he turns a corner. Like, he, he fucking just sprinted away. You go through a couple gun shootouts and areas. It's fucking crazy. He's like, oh, my God. All right, I'm going to catch my breath. He's immediately grabbed by the arm. In a panic, he whips it around. And it's Elena. Uh, what is she following? Well, she followed because the first thing she did was get revenge and she punches him in the face <laughs> and says, that's for leaving me at the dock. I mean, that's fair. She's been so mad this whole time. She found her way to back to the island just to punch him. She's like, I was an adventurer before I was a documentarian, so fuck you. The reason I got my fucking travel channel show was because I did shit like this. Right. In what fucking world? So she says she's a good enough reporter to be able to follow some tomb robbers into a jungle. Nate's like, Sully's dead. He just got shot. Elena gives Nate her gun, and she's like, you're probably better at this than me. (laughs) And they proceed to start escaping. She's like, so you keep getting shot at. And he's like, hey, you're getting shot at, too. (laughs) He is not grateful for her help. She's like, yeah, because I'm standing next to you, dumbass. Yeah, she's like, the guns came with you, buddy. I'm just making an observation that you have a target on your back and front, and it's difficult to be your friend. (laughs) So while we only saw Roman with, like, three dudes with him when they rolled up, there are dozens of armed foot soldiers throughout the temple, and they're now shooting at Nate and Elena. So they have to navigate tons of patches of soldiers and different just set pieces that you have to... Either shoot your way out, snipe your way out, fucking get through. It's kind of cool, to be real. Tons of people to satisfy Nathan's bloodlust. Yes. And it's also, on a programming part, they're running back through the jungle and through the temple. So they're reusing some set pieces, but you're attempting them backwards. Okay. And there are people hiding and shooting now. So you go through it once to get the layout, and the second time you go through, it's backwards and there's people with guns. That's pretty that's pretty well done uh, game design. I I truly think it is and it doesn't feel cheap. It's it's nice. Like I hate in games where they make you double back and do shit or mm-hmm. like outside of oh I'm just going to go grind for a little bit. They're like, "Oh, fucking go back to the last town and get some shit." And you're like, "Go fuck yourself. I want to move forward." Like the seal feels like you're moving forward. Not mad about it. Very clever. Even though you're literally moving backward. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but they tricked me into liking it. Elena follows Nate as he kills dozens of men who just showed up to work today to provide for their families, and they steal someone's Jeep. Nate shares the map with Elena and catches her up on the new plot to find El Dorado while they drive off. She agrees to go along because she's like, shit, yeah, I'm going to get this story. This is the story of the fucking century. (laughs) 
they take Sully's plane and fly into the tiny island that's marked on that map. Mid-flight, they start getting shot at again. (laughs) He just keeps getting shot at. She's not wrong. Nate has this great line where he goes, this is so not cool. Fantastic line. Elena says, we're on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, can't be cool. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to shit on their performances or their acting, but it is a little bit of writing could have helped drive the narrative. (laughs) Just for a crumb of context, please. Nate has no idea if the plane has parachutes, which is also a great sign, but Elena finds a few. She jumps out of the plane with her camera and says, I'll see you on the ground. (laughs) Parachutes on the island. Hope you know how to do this. Nate pilots the plane for a few more seconds and he goes, Wait, what am I doing? And <laughs> runs out of the plane and parachutes out, which is genuinely a nice moment. That is good. Is, is he, did he at least like aim it to fall over the ocean or something so it doesn't crash into like a city? Not particularly, no. <laughs> he just like was on autopilot, like, all right, you go. I'm flying, I'm flying. I don't need to be flying. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm being shot at. So he jumps out of the plane. He's shitting his pants and he pulls the cord and realizes there's a hole in his parachute. Oops. He plummets down into the ground, like through some trees. And when he wakes up, he's near a statue of an angel wielding a sword at him. It's probably not foreshadowing. Now, what is this statue made out of? There's like rocks and shit. Okay, so it wasn't the solid gold statue oh, that they're looking for. <laughs> no, but that would have been fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, found it. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Right. <laughs> Chapter four plane wrecked. Yeah. Nate is sad that the plane is gone and that he's stranded on an island alone, as as one should be. Nate starts traversing the jungle and almost immediately runs into more of Roman's soldiers. They start shooting, so once again, he's caught in a firefight. Someone says, I see him as a voice line, so you know that they're clearly hunting Nate as well. So it's not just general security. They are looking for homeboy. Yeah, this guy is just a magnet for fucking bullets and gunfire, honestly. It's no wonder he's violent. Like, people are constantly shooting at him. So he's like, fuck, I guess this is, I gotta shoot back. I guess that's true, yeah. You know, he's been abused so much, he becomes an abuser kind of thing. Yeah. That's a little dramatic to say, but. But he, like, going back to that Myers-Briggs situation we were talking about, (laughs) like, the fact that he is willing to not care about people dying in order to make money is just so fucking on point for that fucking group of people. Like I said, he's like Madonna. Yep. (laughs) Through the jungle, Nate accidentally sends a car down a waterfall and ruins a bunch of timeless relics. (laughs) They belong in a museum. They do. That's what the real Indiana Jones would do. But instead, we're stuck with, I am very wet. Through the jungle, he comes up on chunks of plane that are left from the hog wild, the one that he just crashed. And he's like, all right, cool. It's nearby, I guess. There are soldiers rummaging through the wreckage. Nick kills all of them and makes it back to the plane to find the map exactly where he left it. Still in the cockpit. For some reason, this did not fly out of a window or a loose leaf door. Mm. Not questioning it. As he's leaving the plane, it creaks under his weight, and he sees Elena's parachute torn on some of the ruins kind of up the jungle. And he remembers he should go find her now that he has his treasure map. He's like, oh, good. She's on the same island. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I didn't lose her in the ocean. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> there are some cool traps in the island where, like, 
they have those shoved sharpened branches through your body if it tripped through a wire, which Oof. feels very native, you yeah. know? He shoots his way towards where he's hoping to find Elena, and he scales the side of a cliff before getting back into the killing field, and then he runs into a giant stone fortress. Fortress? Chapter five, the fortress. Okay. <laughs> There's no better way to explain it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Nate says, eyes ahead, don't look down, as he parkours up the seaside castle on this island with his magical parkour powers, swinging from vines using that signature Naughty Dog rope physics. <laughs> fucking rope physics. I'm sorry, I had to bring it up. I could uh, not. Oh, they're fucking rope from physics. From day one, they love their rope physics. You know, it is satisfying to see him rope swing. It's, it's just kind of cool. He finally gets in the fortress and is immediately met by more soldiers. Did Roman hire an entire island of mercenaries to kill one dude for a map? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Also, you know how much money is that is like attached to that map if they find it? Like literally all the money. Yeah, like I said, Nathan's willing to let a lot of people die. They're all willing to let Nathan die. <laughs> Seeing as so while you're running around, these soldiers are saying things like, "Where is he?" Like, "I can't see him," or "I see him." Some of these mercs are voiced by Yuri Lowenthal. Of course. See, you you said earlier that Yuri's not a part of the, uh, oh, the shit, Naughty Dog. And uh, it turns out he was. <laughs> He's an unnamed character. <laughs> You're right. I totally forgot it. I made that very confident claim and then immediately contradicted myself. <laughs> you know, kind of like the opening of this game where she's like, you are a Drake. And then she's like, there's no way you're a Drake. <laughs> so I guess it's thematic. It works out. Now the soldiers have a shit ton of grenades <laughs> that they're throwing. So it's kind of fun, too, because as you're moving forward, the Yuris or the Mercs of them all are just kind of evolving with you and their gun weaponry is evolving. So that's great. Well, yeah, with how many of them that you've killed, you have to escalate at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. You can break open the grenades. Right. Go for it. Nathan makes it to where Elena's parachute had landed and notes there is no sign of her, which is either very good or very bad. He sees her in a fortress across the way and also manages to accidentally reveal his location to a bunch of soldiers. <laughs> so he gets to this tower and he's like, oh, I got to get through there. And it's behind a door that's like being guarded. So he runs up to this tower. He's on the mic, clearly one of those like big war mics of like, hey, do this shit. So he's in like Panama, right? He's in like South America. This is El Dorado, all that shit. Yeah. What does he do? He hops on the mic and speaks Tagalog to them to open the door. Tagalog? <laughs> Why is he speaking the language of Filipinos? He says, which is like, open the door. And I laughed so hard because this man <laughs> spoke Tagalog to a bunch of South American people who are like, we're not Filipino. <laughs> I mean, Tagalog does have some like Spanish origins Absolutely. and like der derivations, but. <laughs> Wouldn't you jump to Spanish first, though? Or like yeah. maybe Portuguese or, you know, like. Probably. Start with some of those like more Latin American languages if you're like in fucking Panama. In South America. You know? Yeah. I mean, the Philippines were invaded by Spain and do have a lot of Spanish and like modern Tagalog now, but it was like, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I ran up to the border and was like, we. <laughs> you know like they'd be like what the fuck are you doing so because he does this the soldiers are like oh he's right there what the fuck was that it just it brought me so much joy and was such a weird stopping point for me to go what the fuck is happening in this game 
and yeah, the soldiers are like, first of all, that's bad Tagalog. Like, it's like, <laughs> buka pintu, which should be like, buka pintu. Like, there's a little more rhythmic to it. Right. But, I mean, and I don't even think I pronounced it super well, but I, I have an ear for it growing up around it. So it's just like, dude. So the soldiers are like, well, there's the white guy. <laughs> Get the guns. He gets away somehow after ma- doing this ridiculous display <laughs> and makes it into a fortress where he sees Elena sneaking around like across. And he's like, all right, homegirl's over there. Starts blasting. Chapter six, unlocking the past. These aren't as cool as the last few uh, no, I know. titles. <laughs> last time we did a game with titles, I was like, nah, 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 nah. they all sound like metal songs. And these are like, you know, it's very clearly like it's the fortress. This is what's happening now. Yeah. Shipwrecked is when we were ship or plane wrecked is when we we're plane wrecked. <laughs> Chapter six is unlocking the past. Nate gets into a courtyard in the fortress looking for Elena and he founds a tower that he remembers from the map. As he's mid-memory, he starts getting shot at and has to adjust to a firefight. Nathan continues to murder people and cause havoc in the fortress and destroys timeless architecture in the ruins looking for a documentarian, Elena, who at this point seems to have been doing fine. (laughs) Further in the guts of the fortress, Nathan is like, seriously, where the hell is she? (laughs) Between grenade dodges and murdering people, he eventually finds a minigun. And goes on a full <laughs> rampage. Fucking seriously. Which like so he goes like full Terminator, like just walking out <laughs> with his fucking rail gun, just like and just mows people down. Okay, you know it's like the most satisfying thing in gaming when you have access to a mini. Oh, though. it entirely is. Like <laughs> it's a fantastic feeling in a video game, but Nathan Drake doesn't feel like the right character <laughs> to pick up the mini gun and start mowing people. Like we keep saying. Picture Indiana Jones <laughs> in any of the movies, picking up a fucking rail gun and just murdering a bunch of people. You can't do it. It's ridiculous. But that's why that exists in the Judd Apatow version of Indiana Jones. Because <laughs> fuck it. Why not? Right. <laughs> he goes deeper and finds a whole ass map drawn out on a wall that actually matches the handwritten map he found. So, like, okay, cool, we're, like, confirming, this is exactly what we're looking at. There's a message. Fletcher, we have gone to the Great Tower. I pray you will meet us there. Francis Drake. Oh, it's signed personally by Francis Drake. (laughs) He's literally like, holy shit, I found a legit ash treasure map signed by Sir Francis Drake? (laughs) I I love if he's, like, does, like, a Banksy situation. He's like, I'm going to cut out this section of the wall and yeah. take this home with me. <laughs> this is a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is sick, but I have to leave because there's probably hundreds of people trying to murder me. Looking out, he discovers what he believed to be the Great Tower. Drake's Tower. Nate murders everyone in sight as he makes it to the Great Tower. And he once again's where the fuck Elena went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of an afterthought at this point now that he's like, oh, I have direction on the treasure map. Well, yeah, again, money. Who cares who dies? I, I like her, but money. Yeah, eh, she's doing fine. I wonder where she is. I hope she's okay. Because um, I'm the only one causing explosions. <laughs> and yeah, to this point, Elena hasn't blown up shit. <laughs> <laughs> she has made it this whole way without, like, ruining anything. That's right. She gave back the gun, so she doesn't have a gun. She's, like, literally just sneaking around. She has a camera. She, and it's, again, this came out in 2007, so she's got one of those heavy fucking shoulder cams. Right. It, it probably makes noise when you take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> 
she has to crank it to make it film and shit. She got like a big overhead <laughs> okay, light. Not that fucking old, but I just mean it makes like a click every time you fucking take a picture. 2007 was a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, she's being a normal ass person, more like a spy than a lunatic. And Nate's being a full lunatic. So Nate makes it to Drake's great tower that was mentioned where he's like, oh, Nathan or fucking Sir Francis Drake was here. He might be grampy or whatever. He finds a telescope that he assumes was Drake's and looks out the buildings and sees a bunch of sea wrecked ships. And then he also spies Elena and beyond her soldiers who have also spotted her. Oops. Oh, no. Now, did he give away her position or did she? I think she did because she's okay. She's been very careful, but, you know, you can only be so careful. Yeah, like, if he had blown it for her, that would have been a completely different story. Something happens. He gets jumped. And Drake wakes up in a jail cell. (laughs) And the only reason he's awake is because Elena found him and is throwing rocks at him from outside the jail cell. So she got away. Yeah, she was completely fine. She got spotted. Some shit went down. Drake ended up in a fucking jail cell. Yeah, see? She's quiet. She's stealthy. Like, I know I don't, like stealthy games or anything but she's playing this right because clearly he just keeps shooting and giving away his positions and speaking bad tagalog into fucking megaphones so <laughs> yeah, that's that's the man <laughs> she reveals that she is not just a documentarian dipshit but her show's all about ancient artifacts she looks at the cell window and realizes it's kind of trashy so she can pull it apart she's literally like this is we're in fucking ruins. I can absolutely get you out. Nathan's like, hey, can you calm down? <laughs> Which is condescending. That really is. It's really condescending. She's like, yeah, now I can bust you out of jail. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, telling a woman to calm down, that is like the thing you should do immediately. All the time. <sighs> Boy. The moment that they show any sign of energy or... No, I'm kidding. You're trying to get me to wake yeah. up in a jail cell right now? <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> Eat farts. So she, he's like, yeah, calm down. And she's like, what the fuck? And then, bam, the door to the jail opens. And Elena, like, kind of dips out of sight. She's like, nope, fuck that. Nate turns to see Eddie Raha, who seems like a dick off the bat, <laughs> approach his cell. Eddie has Sir Francis Drake's map. Eddie offers to let Nate live if Nate leads him to the gold. Eddie speaks Indonesian, which is also not Tagalog, <laughs> and has a very short patience with Nate. He's annoyed that this man kept dying and like, he's like, you're making me lose so many troops and it's all your fault. And do you know how many fucking bereavement letters I have to sign now? Basically, I'm kind of on his side right now. <laughs> like, I know he ordered them to kill Nathan, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's that's got to be annoying. He's not wrong. <laughs> that's the thing. Eddie is clearly also after the treasure and mentions that the winner gets the gold and the girl, which is all right. If you are on a side, that's creepy as hell. Nate says the girl's already gone. And Eddie says, no, I'll find her. (laughs) Ew. So he just wants her like as his possession. Uh, You know, it's not a great scene. I'm thinking best case scenario, Princess Leia slave to java but we know that's not where it's going that's a best case scenario yeah because the implication is so much worse yeah oh eddie says how much trouble could one girl be and at that moment the wall to nathan's jail cell is ripped away being torn off from a car that elena stole and his driving damn right she goddamn did it so they so like no writing but 
good writing. Yeah, they're like, here are some really cool story beats we're going to hit, fill in the blanks. And Elena's like, yeah, don't worry about me. I got this. <laughs> Leaves and comes back with a, a stolen car to rip apart the jail. She's fucking sick. She deserves better. Justice for Elena. <laughs> Nate looks over and is like, cool, I'm out. Rips the map out of Eddie's hands, jumps in the car, and then drive off. Elena's badass. Like, yeah, Elena sounds like a total badass, and especially because she like her timing is so good. Oh, her timing! How much trouble <laughs> could one girl be? Boom! Fuck you. That's yeah. awesome. Chapter seven, out of the frying pan. Okay, I gotta ask though. Yeah. How many chapters? It's like twenty-one. Are you fucking kidding me right now? You know, just a nice round twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. We yeah. are. Wait, no, twenty-two. Like. A little over an hour into this already. All right, guys. So we've got another, I don't know, five hours left. Let's keep going. We're at chapter seven out of 22. <laughs> now, are all these chapters really long? They're not all winners. No. But... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, high 80s, low 90s. They knocked off some points, but. Okay. You know, it's, I mean, TLDR, Elena's cool. Nate's a fucking weirdo. Sully's kind of misogynistic cigar, man. That's the whole game. Well, we're in it now. Yeah. Again, if you want to really summarize it, shut up, Patow does Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) My point is only being proven further. So in chapter seven, this begins a signature Naughty Dog car shoot-offs chase sequence. These are in nearly every Naughty Dog game. They're fun. They're exciting. You're driving a car in the jungle with a minigun on the back, shooting mercenaries that are in motor bikes and in Jeeps. Shit explodes. It's fun. Elena is driving. She tears ass through the jungle, getting herself and Nate to safety. Nate enjoys this and at one point literally says, Woohoo! <laughs> He's having fun. He is having so much fun killing people. To escape, they jump a broken bridge, and Elena's like, So, who is that? That man. The car is partially hanging off of a cliff, and as they start to leave, Eddie shows up and has them cornered. Eddie accuses Nate of working for them, dun dun dun, then shoots at Nate and Elena. Nate tells Elena to hang on and then backs the car up off the cliff and it lands in the water below. Dear God, that is not the right choice to make. I mean, I guess it is because they escape. But still, of all the options. (laughs) It's pretty great though, right? (laughs) But yeah, it's... I think of Uncharted 4 has an amazing chase sequence in a car like that. Last of Us 2 has that great chase sequence when you're leaving Seattle or you're in Seattle with like Jesse and Ellie. Like Naughty Dog could really do some great moving chase sequence. Oh, fucking in Last of Us 2 where Abby's on the horse going through the fucking island. Like it's it's similar to that kind of gameplay and it's so much fun. You know what it reminds me of too though is there's a scene in Red Dead Redemption 2 where Dutch and Arthur are like being backed up against an, a ledge and yeah. everything. And and Dutch is like, well, I guess you're just going to have to trust me because he's like, we either die getting shot or die jumping off this fucking cliff. So they jump off the cliff and yeah, they live. But, and yeah. Arthur's ser- truly like, God damn it, yeah. Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter eight, The Drowned City. Nate and Elena swim to safety as they're being shot out by Eddie's men and escape into an area of ruins that look like a city. A drowned city. So are they like underwater? They are not, but okay. it looks like it's been flooded and like it's completely abandoned. Okay. 
there's some areas that are almost like Venice where there's like river walk areas kind of situation, but it's like, it's not Alanis. Got it. In a still moment, Elena shows Nate some of her footage of the island, which is from her working camera, which she jumped into water with. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nate spots a boat saying it's going to be their way out. Nate's like, I quit. This sucks. I don't want to die over this. Let's go. So he's finally giving up? Yeah. Oh, wow. The money is not that important anymore. <laughs> Elena's like, that's lame. I want to keep going. Because <laughs> she's the baddest bitch. They argue a bit, but realize either way, they have to go to the harbor to get the treasure or to get the boat, regardless. Like, that's our goal point. Nate insists on driving since last time Elena drove too close to a cliff and they almost died. He He's the one that drove it over the cliff. <laughs> She's like, I drove it near the cliff. And he's like, I put that shit in neutral. Let's go. <laughs> they hop on some boater cycles and they start getting shot at because, of course, there's people just nonstop shooting at them. Right. Elena asks what happened to the city, and Nate explains it was flooded and that there's no one here. Elena assumes it was a curse to make everyone vanish, and Nate's like, that shit's not real. Fucking curse. What? She jumps to curse, which is kind of great. Good for her. I mean. It's but- probably not foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> Before I let you go, just remember, it's a game. They get stopped by a fence eventually, and they pull over on their boater ski to, like, look for a way to get up to a tower. Nate goes off and shoots more people, killing countless men, and he finds a way to open the fence. Elena ride the boater ski through so they can proceed to the tower. Okay. Chapter 9, To the Tower. Okay, so these are kind of short. Like, 7 and 8 kind of flew by. Well, I can... There's just so many chunks of, like, pew, pew, and I'm not going to be like, and then Man 7 showed up. Right. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to, we got some really interesting story to get to. Nate and Elena meet back up and go off into the water. They're still being chased. And now as Nate drives, you cut between driving the ski and cutting back to Elena to shoot the guys behind and in front and the side of you. It's pretty neat. And it's less on rails as you kill countless mercenaries, which is fun. The shooting isn't as sophisticated with Elena, (laughs) um, but it's still pretty cool. She's got a grenade launcher. So you do have like a nice wide area of attack. Okay. They run over into an area where Elena drops Nate off in a courtyard for him to kill people and make it to the tower. She takes the ski and goes off to the customs house and they'll meet back up later. They never really discussed splitting up prior to this, (laughs) but it seems safe now for the plot. The tense cinematic music here is great and it's epic and it feels like such a movie. It's so cinematic. The Indiana Jones inspiration here is so thick, and I love it. Yeah, you're a big fan. I am. You fight your way into the tower and parkour your way all the way up, which seems like a huge pain in the ass. It's legit rock climbing straight up for like six stories or so, and then there's people shooting at you occasionally. Yeah, this isn't... Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to stop worrying about the physics. Yeah, you <laughs> really gotta let the logic of this game i need to just ignore i'm on the ride let's (laughs) yeah put your hands up and scream oh it's it's a popcorn movie of a game it is entirely they refined a lot going forward in the naughty dog catalog (laughs) from the tower you zip line into the customs house and shoot off the lock at a door to reconnect with elena who you could have stuck with from the beginning now here's like the third or fourth time you have to shoot off a lock (laughs) 
<laughs> you think an explorer known for finding artifacts and respecting old shit would know how to pick a fucking lock? Right. Yeah, like, if Elizabeth from Bioshock, who was treated like Rapunzel her whole life, locked <laughs> in a tower can pick a lock, why can't Nathan Drake? That's true. That's fair. I don't think that counts for a Bioshock, though. Ah! I mean, just... You brought it up, but that's not a reference. Is it because I shoehorned it in too Yeah, a little bit. Oh, if this <laughs> is the first time you're joining us, we have a drinking game on this show. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe not in this episode, though, because I clearly tried too hard to shoehorn that in. Oh, but there's going to be episodes this season where you're just going to be drinking through the whole thing. Will you let me know so I can have some, like, Pedialyte and Liquid IV on deck ready to go? <laughs> I don't typically go hard during during the actual recording but you know what fuck it let's do i'll do a drunk one for patreon okay yeah <laughs> just do bioshock and <laughs> i'll get hammered <laughs> we'll put it behind a paywall it'll be terrible i was gonna say great but that's not fair yeah terrible better <laughs> i talked myself out of it let's get back to the game chapter 10 the customs house they get into the customs house to look for the boat to get out and off the island back to safety they do also find all the old ship manifests, which is kind of cool. And they see a ship manifest showing a boat that took a shit gang of gold, silver, and other goods, including a gold statue that weighed over 500 pounds. Ooh, that, we're looking for something like that. <laughs> exactly. They then turn to a drawing of the El Dorado statue, and then the, all of the entries stop. Oh, shit. Elena notices a ring on a necklace that Nate's been wearing the whole time and asks if it's for someone special. Nate very casually says, I guess you could say that. She thought she, he, she like, she spits a little game here. She's like, oh, I thought you were more of a player. And he says, well, actually, it's a family heirloom that I inherited. <laughs> the ring reads sick harvest magna, which means greatness from small beginnings, which was Sir Francis Drake's motto. Hmm. The ring is dated 29th of January, 1596, allegedly one day after Sir Francis Drake died. Oh. The ring also has coordinates right off of the coast of Panama, where Nate had taken Elena to find Sir Francis Drake's coffin. There is a lot of information on this ring. And I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> dumping a lot of this on me, which I imagine... Nathan's dumping onto her now. Yeah, it's it's from like looking at the ring and being like, oh yeah, it's my. But like, uncle. he didn't explain to her that he was just using this ring to find the tomb. It did not come up. <laughs> like she hired him to find this thing, and he's like, oh, I already know where it is. It's been around my neck my whole life. <laughs> Will you rent me the boat? Because they won't accept my insurance anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like, good credit? <laughs> that's what this sounds like, basically, at this yeah. point. Also, like, you have, like, a wedding band. It's kind of similar to a band. It's a pretty simple band. Yeah. Do you think you could fit that much shit on it? No. The only thing mine says is bad motherfucker on the inside of the band. And outside of that, I don't think I could fit all the rest of that. It's not even a joke. No, no. My ring really does say that. <laughs> Be married. It's fun. Um. So they're like, well, that's a great dump of backstory. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Nate's pretty happy calling it quits after his mentor, best friend, partner, Sully, died. He killed at least 100 men. And Elena's like, you know what? I have some pretty good footage, so I'm fine. Whatever. We'll I, leave. I got a documentary out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I can come back to the producers, get them to give me a little bit more money. We'll hire someone who's not as murdery to drive me around. 
They leave the customs house and get into another shootout in the grand hall of the building. When they come out to the balcony of the house, Elena asks Nate to go get the boat while she gets more footage and to come back around and pick her up. Elena promises not to get into more trouble and to stay put while Nate goes off to get their ride. He shoots down another lock and heads away from Elena and immediately falls down a balcony into another firefight. I was going to say, why is he so concerned with Elena behaving herself? He's the fucking bullet magnet. She has done nothing but prove herself to be smart, savvy, and strong in terms of taking care of herself and navigating the situation. She was stranded on a beach and found Nate just to punch him in the face (laughs) like an hour ago in the game. (laughs) Chapter 11, Trapped, which is how Elena feels in this relationship. (laughs) Nate is surrounded by people who are so excited to kill him. He shoots through countless men and makes it out towards the boat just as it's being loaded. He hides, and as he does, Elena sneaks up on him with her big-ass camera and goes, Hey, you really gotta see this! (laughs) Nate is reasonably confused and also says, Hey, I don't have time for that. I just took the souls of, like, 40 people, and the bad guys are loading a boat 10 feet away. But Elena's like, No, fuck you. Watch my camera. Yeah, she's like, Yeah, you made it really easy to sneak over here, actually. (laughs) The distraction was appreciated, dipshit. Yeah, you cleared the path. That was fantastic. Elena insists, and she shows Nate a video of Roman loading into a helicopter with Sully. (gasps) Sully's alive. He's alive. He's walking. And Nate just goes, Huh. Wait, really? (laughs) Sully's alive. That's cool. Elena asks if Nate can really trust Sully because in this footage, he's not being held at gunpoint. He's not bound or anything. He's kind of just walking around with the bad guys. Oh, shit. The bad guys get away with the boat they were watching and Nate ensures Elena that Sully is not a backstabber. Although it's kind of hard when you have footage. (laughs) Right. I mean, he just, he fully and completely trusts Sully. He's like, all right, if Sully's with them and walking around like this, he's he's working an angle right now. Yeah. And I trust him enough to know that he's working an angle right now. Yeah. And Elena doesn't know either of them that well. So she's like, mm, on the surface, you're both kind of dipshits. Can we trust the other one? As the boat takes off, Elena reveals the helicopter was headed north towards the monastery on the same island. Nate says they're going there to either rescue Sully or to beat the crap out of Sully. (laughs) That's fair. One way or the other, you're going to have your answer. Yeah. Either way, you got to go find Sully. They leave the boathouse headed for Sully up north in the monastery, and they're ambushed by more bad guys. Obviously. They cross an old bridge, and Elena falls through some boards. And unfortunately, she is hanging on. She's holding her camera with one hand. She's holding Nate with the other. And she has to lose her camera to save her life. She is super mad about it. That was the only thing keeping her on this fucking mission. Was this camera. Was this goddamn camera. Now it's gone. Oh, this poor thing. Also, losing your camera on like a trip or a night out. That's such a Gen X problem. That's true. Now it's your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also your camera. But, yeah. <laughs> but it made to that point. I was just like, this feels very dated. <laughs> was, like, going through it. Is <laughs> I mean... You and I are, I'm a, I'm a millennial and you're a millennial, you're a curved millennial. Yeah. But you know, we both had nights where we go out and you have your phone and you have the camera. (laughs) (laughs) When you lose the camera, you're like, fuck, this sucks. Chapter 12, heading up river. They found a river that should lead to the monastery, according to the map and find a new boater ski. 
So Nate drives himself and Elena upstream towards Sully to beat the crap out of him. Of course, there are a shit gang of loose gasoline barrels in the water that Elena has to shoot at to clear the path so they don't blow up. So that's fun. It, so is this like one of the driving shooting sections, but it's on a boat? Boater ski. Oh, like a jet ski. Okay. Jet ski. Thank you. Oh, I wrote boater ski so many times. So I, I couldn't know. think of the word. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you guys, I, I'm not good at words. <laughs> you know, you learned English from somebody who spoke its second language. Yeah, she spoke Tagalog. <laughs> yeah. So it totally makes sense, but. <laughs> but I'm. My brain's soft. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 13. Sanctuary? Question mark? It really does have the question mark? Yeah. (laughs) They land and they start busting through basically a war zone on the way to the monastery. And as Nate approaches a gate, he manages to skip shooting and just kick this one open. For some fucking reason, he shot every lock he's found so far. Hasn't thought to kick anything. He kicks this one. Everything's fine. You gotta save those bullets. For the men that have families back home. (laughs) Don't waste it on a lock. Yeah. Nate tells Elena to slow down because Eddie's goons could be up ahead. And they roll up on someone who fell victim to one of the booby traps we mentioned. Oh, shit. Like a punji pit? Yeah. This man was impaled by spikes. Fuck. So not a pit per se, but a pop up. Yeah. One of those ones. Okay. It looks like the booby traps were set up recently since the spikes were made out of the debris from their plane. (laughs) Nate tells Elena to be quiet and realizes it's too quiet. Nate says they're being watched. Super fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. Look at this dude that just got poked by these spikes. Someone's been chewing on it. It's probably not a monster. Either way, let's be careful. Probably not a monster is a great way to say that. Oh, that's just me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The implication is that it's something insidious, but I wrote, it's probably not a monster in my notes. (laughs) So again, like whatever tore apart that captain before. Yeah. Something is afoot. There's another firefight just past the booby-trapped corpse to get through. Nate figures that Roman and Eddie can't be far since they have so many fucking people here. They roll up on a gate completely crawling with men. Over comms, they hear that they have Sully in the library and not to let Nate and Elena get to them. So they're like, perfect. (laughs) We have a location. We know we are being targeted. So that's obviously also where Nate and Elena are heading to the library. And as they're going, Elena says the one goddamn thing you're not supposed to say in circumstances like this. Nate. I've got a bad feeling about this place. Oh, I thought she was going to say, I'll be right back. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Life is scream. (laughs) (laughs) So Nate's got a bad feeling about this place, too, but he's like, we have to keep going. Elena spots the library where Sully should be, and they scope things out to sneakily pick up Sully. They walk in, and they hear Sully talking about a girl he met in the Philippines who was 4'11", and that they called her a spinner because... And then the guard stops him because they've already heard this story of Sully's. (laughs) (sighs) Which says so much. (laughs) This is also how Nathan learned Tagalog poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Because he mistook the girl for (laughs) Jesus fuck. Um, But, you know, hey, representation. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The guards spot Nate and Elena and now they have to shoot everyone except for Sully. 
They have these guns that have laser pointers now, too, just because, like I said, as you progress in the game, the mercenaries progress with you in terms of technology, because that's happening. We wear bulletproof vests. They start carrying armor-piercing rounds. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, we start blasting, and Sully's like, it's about time you showed up. And then Sully immediately starts giving Nate shit for bringing the girl, as he says. Oh. Elena's like, so you're not dead. That's suspicious. That's weird. And Sully says that Roman had a contract on him. Didn't realize they were being tracked. And now he's a little bitter that Nate ran away the second Sully got shot. Which feels very selfish. I mean, it makes sense, though. It's like, oh, so I got hurt and you abandoned me. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I was forced to team up with the bad guy. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, okay, cool, you're shot. Also, a missile's going off in a fucking u-boat that's stuck in a fucking waterfall there's a lot happening no there was a lot of chaos going on that is fair but you know i don't think either of them should really blame the other for what their choices were in that moment it was absolutely and like devil's avocado nate was in the boat saw that there was a missile the missile went off there could be more missiles in there that could shoot off the entire thing could turn into a huge explosion like it was a big explosion it could have been terrible there could have been a lot of you know just shit flying through the air he it was in his best interest to not be there entirely so to your point calm the fuck down sully yeah, tell sully to calm down don't tell elena to calm down. yeah <laughs> sully's the one that needs to calm the fuck down elena is holding her damn self sully shows nate and elena the notebook from sir francis drake with a bullet lodged in it showing that the notebook actually saved him oh from getting shit shot. So, in his head, Sir Francis Drake took a bullet for Sully. <laughs> That's good. Sully tells them that he was leading Roman's team on a red herring, waiting to be saved, and that Roman and the crew are on a trash-ass dead-end mission on one end of the monastery. Good for him, though. It's pretty savvy, because you're like, you need to you need to undig this hole you put yourself in. He does. Which, like I said, Nathan saw him. He's like, he's probably working at an angle. He was. He was, yeah. Elena reasonably was not trusting of this man she just met. And, you know, I don't think she's wrong for that. <laughs> Sully shows them more of Sir Francis Drake notes that he's been looking through, showing clues to get to the treasure of El Dorado, including a secret vault in the monastery with a sacred heart that is an indicator to hidden treasure. Sully and Nate are fucking stoked on this. Right. Sully assures Nate that they can do this. Elena's like, Hey, dipshit, please don't leave me stranded again. Again. <laughs> Within the library, Nate goes through and finds a puzzle in Sir Francis Drake's notebook, complete with bullet holes in the pages, which is so good, that he starts messing around with. He climbs bookshelves to turn some statues around in the right order, and it opens a secret door in the library. <gasps> he makes this look very easy. Of course he does. The secret room is another library, but it's a secret library within the library. A secret library? A hidden fucking library? It's cooler, yeah. In the secret library, they open another secret door that Nate says looks promising. Yeah, because what wouldn't be cool behind a secret door, Nate? A secret door behind a secret door. Right? A double secret door. Double secret. And he's going to go in alone to figure it out. Sully, she's like, Sully, you're an old man. Elena. I don't trust you for some reason that you've given me nothing but faith that you could handle yourself in any situation. Sully gives Nate a walkie to keep Elena and Sonny in tune. 
Elena tells him to be careful, and he turns around immediately, hits his head on the secret door, and now he has a concussion like Dutch goddamn Vanderland. You know, he's like, I can't trust you. Bitch has been like stealthy sneaking around this entire island, mm-hmm. hasn't been caught once. No. Maybe. Their asses have been caught multiple times. Yeah. And he can't even walk through a fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, Elena is the person we have to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dude raider. <laughs> Chapter 14, going underground. Nate goes down into the secret cavern, calls it the land of the dead, and scurries off into the darkness. For some reason in the darkness, there are more mercs with laser guns just hanging out ready to strike. So we gotta go deal with that again. But do the lasers at least look really cool in the darkness? Not really. (sighs) This is ridiculous how many people could possibly be on this fucking island. Like, he brought a small private army. Yeah. And it's not even that small of a private army. I was going to say, it's like a medium private army, to be real. <laughs> the cave of Mercs leads to a church area. And it's like a traditional church with pews and candles, stained glass, all that shit. And obviously a ton of Mercs. As much as I'm giving this game shit, <laughs> I do want to say this map is incredible. It is beautiful. There are parts that do feel ancient, timeless. And the level design is not recycled. The set design is genuinely awe-inspiring like this church is fucking sick now when you did this did you do the remake or the remaster version i believe it was the remaster the remaster version yeah because okay. yeah they've updated this a couple times it wasn't too chunky but fuck the love paid off like, yeah i mean grand theft auto definitive edition who this shit is fucking <laughs> sick well naughty dog's always been really good about making sure they upgrade their games up to the next system that's true. I mean, they put out The Last of Us 1 so many times they had to start just filming it with real people just to capture how <laughs> it's supposed to look. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Once you've murdered and looted everyone in the church in the name of the Lord, you notice two big bells that look like the Liberty Bell on either end of the church. According to your journal, there was some secret to these bells and getting them to ring. You have to shoot both of them and it ends up opening a secret door. Down the secret door, there are more mercenaries. Even Nathan Drake goes, geez, these guys are everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of like a nice meta moment. Down there, you're in this decrepit ass cellar that feels cavernous and huge. It actually almost feels like an underground mine because it pairs to go down super deep. There's areas carved out. There's like stairs. There's connecting pieces. It's fucking wild. Again, set design. Absolutely fucking wonderful. Top tier. Yes. Nathan walks in on a room underneath Roman, who's the guy that's got the mercs. He's fucking taking over. He's chasing Sully and Eddie Roja, who's the guy that's on the island that captured Nate earlier and took the map and is also looking for the island. And they're fighting. There are too many people looking for this fucking treasure. I know. Roman's basically like, it's really unacceptable that only Drake is killing everyone and your people have no one going for it. So it looks like Roman's the one that hired Eddie to like back him up and help find the treasure. Okay. So there's why there's like kind of two bad forces that they're all familiar with, but they're working together. I was going to say, because like this treasure's gone untouched for how long? And then all at once, eight people are after it at once? (laughs) No. Okay. So it is one guy hired a group and one is the leader of that group. I understand. Yeah. Eddie's like, this island is cursed. Fuck you. Yeah. Roman tries to kick him out and Eddie's like, no, I was owed gold. Roman's like, no, 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 no. I owed you gold for capturing Drake and keeping the island secure. Like you said, 
everyone is dying, so that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> now you're bad at this. Eddie leaves. He's like, fuck you. He's like angry and swearing. Roman's like, I'm over it. It was cheap to hire Eddie. Whatever. Who gives a shit? He's got his right-hand goon named Navarro, and Navarro's like, we're so close to the gold. Sully told me it's nearby, and he knows we'll kill him if he's lying, because like he'll outlive his uses. Roman's right. like, yeah, he knows we'll kill him regardless, so why not just like fuck with us first? Like He's worried about that. Which is reasonable. <laughs> Which is what happened. Navarro's like, I swear it's fine. We put the heat on him. We'll find the gold. Roman is just kind of really over it, <laughs> this whole thing. But Navarro is insistent. He's like, man, we're going to get the gold. It'll be worth it. Wait, did Eddie say the island is haunted? Did he say haunted? <laughs> cursed. I think he said cursed. <laughs> Underneath them in the mines, Nathan keeps exploring after that cutscene. Because, like, why wouldn't you listen in on that? That's fucking amazing to hear your boss fire your enemy. Yeah. <laughs> he finally comes outside to a new area above ground. Thank God. Chapter 15. On the Trail of Treasure. Nate does some really cool parkouring, some swinging on vines, you know, hero shit. <laughs> After killing some more people, Sully hops on comms and says he and Elena found a secret gallery at the top of the church after looking at some maps and notes. Nate's like, great, I've been going in circles for a while now. Yay, now we have direction. Thankfully, there's a path paved with stained glass windows so you know you're near the church. And you're like, fucking sick. You are jumped the moment you get into the church after you just scaled a fucking vine wall shit. And then you spy a secret window across the top of the church that you'll have to parkour up to. So like, like a church, stupid high ceilings, crazy fucking long stained glass. Like it's gorgeous, but it's very, very tall and pointy. There's a lot of shit to climb. While you're parkouring, there are these two big-ass key sculptures built into the wall you have to get to unlock the door. And when I say big key structures, I'm not saying these are important. They are shaped like keys. <laughs> like a just a traditional key? Yeah. But they're giant? Yeah. Okay. It's very subtle. <laughs> now, how giant? Um, Seven feet across. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, you have to like go up and like push them or fuck with them in a certain order to unlock something. And it was like, yeah is a key <laughs> once that whole jumpy puzzle's done nate opens the door and sees a mausoleum outside in the cemetery that we haven't seen before and realizes it's the treasure vault he radios sully to tell him the good news and then looks down and sees a bunch of mercs lining the area do you remember when sully he said he sent roman's guys on a wild goose chase right <gasps> whoopsies it was right <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> That's a pretty good twist, though, to be real. Like, don't worry, I fucked with them. Oh, wait, that's where it is? Aw, oh, shit. My luck. God damn it. So Nate's like, hey, Sully, you actually accidentally led the bad guys directly to the treasure of El Dorado. <laughs> Whoopsies. Can you do me a solid and create a diversion? So I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I was sending them somewhere I knew it definitely wasn't. Shit. It was. <laughs> Sully's like, no, I got you. I'll create a diversion. It's so embarrassing. Nate says that after he's done, meet me at the mausoleum, the treasure trove. We'll get the gang back together. We'll fucking finish this strong. Almost immediately, one of the mercs below yells, Sullivan's escaped. Find him. So I guess that's what the diversion was. It's just him running. That's pretty great. You can kind of stealth through and take these guys out since they're not, they don't have their eyes on you. They have their eyes on Sully. Or you can go in guns blazing. 
Either way, you clear out the cemetery with some brand new bodies behind a church to make room at the mausoleum and hopefully find the buried treasure. This is a real thing I typed. (laughs) (laughs) That must have been on a late night where I was just like, yeah, you fill a cemetery with bodies. Fuck me. But you're the only person to have ever typed it because this didn't have a fucking script. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, no. Magically, Sonny and Elena have traversed the entire map unnoticed and unharmed, and they meet up with Nate in the mausoleum. This all happens very quickly. Nate is very confident they're in the right place and find a puzzle with symbols they have to rotate in a certain order along some coffins, which feels dark to do puzzles around bodies, but we're doing everything around bodies because it's a goddamn Uncharted game. (laughs) Sully laughs because it looks like Roman had his place torn up, but they hadn't figured out the puzzle or even like noticed it was a puzzle. Like they're swarming, but no one's touched the puzzle in the center of the fucking room. You know what the cemetery is missing? Ghosts? Kids games. (laughs) 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 Like that's their whole thing. (laughs) All right. So we buried all our loved ones. Hear me out. What if we had to match some cycles, some circles together in a certain order, and then, poof, a special prize comes out. Right. Your family member. (laughs) You're reunited. Yay. So the notebook has some images that match with the coffin and wheels, and once they're in the right order, one of the coffins opens to a secret path. So, unfortunately, it's exactly what you just joked about. (laughs) It is exactly that. There are literal bones along the coffin, so they're like, great, this isn't weird. Let's go. To make matters worse, or better, or, you know what, fuck my life, I'm kind of numb at this point, Nate picks up a skull and throws it at Sully and yells, heads up. What the fuck? (laughs) It's so dark. Like, it's a great pun, and yeah, it... Someone died. It's a person's body still, like... (laughs) It's so dark, but we know that Nate has no regard for human life. True. That's very true. (laughs) Elena accidentally trips a trap door, which closes before Sully can make it through the coffin. So Elena and fucking Nate are stuck on one part of the mausoleum. It is now like closed and broken and Sully's on the other side. And he just had a skull thrown at him (laughs) for the sake of a joke. After he got like abandoned for dead. Yeah, like even if you, the the bullet doesn't pierce your skin, you're gonna get bruised like crazy. There's so much power behind a bullet. Like, oh yeah, his collarbone's probably broken. Like, well, it's like in Kick Ass. He's like, it's really no worse than a punch in the chest. She's like, I hate getting punched in the chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> Chapter sixteen: The Treasure Vault. So within the creepy coffin, there are some catacombs with prison cells and waterfalls. It's this cavernous, crazy shit that you and Elena, or excuse me, Nate and Elena, I'm making it you. Yeah, you're Nate. Let's do this, Nate, are going through. Again, the set design, absolutely incredible here. Right. There are some puzzles to get shit moving, open up areas to explore. Elena's offers to stand guard while Nate does all the work. Um, She actually does a good job at that and says things have moved and she'll be like, hey, I know you're fucking around with this thing. It did nothing. All right, so this whole, like, level design and these puzzles and things, I'm just starting to think, do you think the people that invented escape rooms are just the reincarnated, <gasps> like, ancestors of the people that created these, like, tomb puzzles? Oh, my God, it's in their lineage? <laughs> it's, like, like, in their bloodline to do this kind of shit? I hope so, because that's so <laughs> sad. Because, yeah, this is just, like, 
ancient escape rooms is all I keep hearing. <laughs> I want to see that on the History Channel so fucking bad. <laughs> like, going into the Pharaoh's tombs where they've got, like, crazy shit and, like... Turns out they were never traps. These were all literally just, like, entertainment <laughs> escape rooms for people. Just, you know what people do on dates back in yeah. the day? <laughs> Get locked in the catacombs of a coffin on an island. Yeah, that was actually just an experience. There was no real catacombs. <laughs> I love this so much. But, like, unfortunately in our society we've evolved from having like a literal box of gold to like you get a selfie and like right. you get to hold up the shirt that says i escaped <laughs> and you can buy that shirt for an additional 45 dollars. yeah they don't give you the shirt <laughs> it's so good within these catacombs like i said they're crazy deep nate tries to talk to sully on the walkie but they don't have fucking service they're so far away there's so much shit between them he can't get a hold of them so nate does some running and elena does some watching and we get some more traditional platforming here there's some swinging fireballs, which are kind of wild. There's some bridges. There's shit to climb over. Swinging fireballs. Now we're in, like, Koopa's castle and yeah. shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> That does happen in uh, Crash Bandicoot. I think it's in two. There's sections with, like, fireballs. Yeah. Nate gets to the top of a bridge and tells Elena he made it when the bridge falls beneath him. And she watches as he plummets down to a lower, lower flat area. After all that damn climbing. He must be the most stressful person to do anything with yeah when he's not getting shot at <laughs> he's, he's falling stories down into some fucking pit he's still just kind of shooting himself in the foot on yeah. something, <laughs> proverbially through this series of platforming and falling he starts opening gates to make it easy for you and elena to get through and i wonder if this is where naughty dog started playing around with the sidekick to bring along an adventure like joel and ellie i mean i think jack and daxter oh yeah them <laughs> Deep in the catacombs, Elena and Nate run into Eddie. He says, last man alive gets the gold. You lose. Kill him. And now there's a shootout. Oh, like he's never been shot at before. I know. It's not surprising. <laughs> also, how the fuck did they get down here and reset the puzzles so that Nate and Elena had to do them? Like, how did how did this work? How we all ended up in the same place where there's, you can only get here through puzzles. Well, the employee at the front, <laughs> they go through and they reset after everybody does the escape room. And they come in, they go, you get two clues and then I can't help you. <laughs> I'm stoned. Like, <laughs> it just, it shouldn't happen logistically. So you toss grenades, you kick back shotguns through these ancient catacombs surrounded by priceless pieces of history. Normal stuff. Nate and Elena kill and evade mercenaries and find themselves in a large tomb that appears empty. Elena says there's nothing here, and then Nate finds a body. It's a skeleton. He decides the skeleton is Sir Francis Drake. Based on the fuck what? He's just a skeleton that has a beard? <laughs> I'm sorry, the skeleton has a beard? <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. Does that, that's not a thing though, right? Because your skin like comes off? Yeah. Like it, like it rots off or whatever? It does. Not to be too graphic, but yeah, it's a skeleton with a beard. Okay. Okay. It wasn't wearing like... A suit of armor or anything? No, it's kind of just like a bust desk. I mean, this is the 1500s versus the 2000s. He's so. like, that's my family's jawline right there. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> that skull, though, that's a Drake-ass skull. <laughs> he pulls the ring off of his necklace and he says, so much for greatness, wasted his life for nothing. And he deduced that Drake died in the caverns looking for the gold and never found the gold. Oh, so he figured this was like a literal dead end? Yeah. Okay. 
he is so heartbroken by his hero, he takes off his ring and leaves it on the decomposed pile of matter that was once his idol and or maybe his grandpa. Great, great, great. I Whatever. really feel he like he just gave up. Yeah, he's tried to give up a couple times. That's like, true. Back in the Drowned City, he's like, I'm fucking over this. We're going home. So he created his own narrative. Yeah, <laughs> as an excuse to go home. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> oh. You know, it's sometimes you pull your own safety lever. Yep. Elena's like, hey, I literally hear guns shooting at us. We have to go. Please stop having an emotional breakdown. Nathan is ha- truly having like a full moment, but he gets up because he could get shot. These fragile ass ESTPs, you know, <laughs> they will break down over just the smallest inconvenience. <laughs> like Madonna. <laughs> Chapter 17, The Heart of the Vault. Elena finds a tunnel after getting boosted by Nate to a higher level of the tomb. He does manage to say she is heavier than she looks, which he really kind of didn't have to, never came up. She didn't ask. He just offered, hey, you're fatter in feel than in look. So he offered his unsolicited opinion about her weight. Yeah, 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 she can do better. I will die on this hill. He is just negging her. Into a relationship. This is... This is negging? This is negging, yeah. This is full-blown negging. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He just called her fat. (laughs) And they're gonna get married and have children. Fucking hell. Spoilers! (laughs) (laughs) She is wonderfully unbothered because she is like, you're a fuckboy treasure hunter. I'm just trying to go home. She couldn't care less. Right. Because Elena's the shit. This is to be Elena's fortune. After she goes up, she starts checking out this tunnel that's up here. Nathan hears a crash, and then two men start backing up away from the crash towards Nate, not facing him, facing out into the tunnel. It's Eddie and one of the mercs. Nate's like, what's up? And they are unbothered by Nate. They don't even try to kill him. Instead, they're freaking the fuck out, and they're like, we're going to die. We're going to die. Holy shit, we're going to die. Uh-oh. Nate's like, hey, what's going on? They're having a Full meltdown. And he's like, no, no, seriously, we are fucking dead. We are all dead. He's screaming. And then we hear growling. Eddie says, Eddie's like, we're trapped. We're dead. And then some crazy arm person runs over and pulls Eddie's goon down into the depths of the catacomb. Several Wendigo looking ass creatures come up. Oh, they are straight up monsters looking completely white in skin with some red adornments. They have no hair, have crazy sharp teeth and kind of look like a buff Nosferatu or a Wendigo, but ripped. Okay, so there really is some supernatural shit going on now. Yeah, that shit haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. They start to surround Nate and Eddie. Eddie and Nate go back to back, ready to fight the monsters. Eddie says, Nate, if we don't make this out alive, I want you to know, I hate your guts. (laughs) Nate's like, yeah, I know. Likewise, let's do this. And now we just have this sick ass boss fight. Also, monsters exist. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right, this went off the deep end. (laughs) Like you were like, how weird could it get? Bitch, weird. Well, you know, it's. It's a little frustrating because it was so, I mean, granted, I'm complaining about the physics and the gravity and everything, and I'm going to say right now, it's based so steeped on reality. Yeah, entirely. And then to go so drastically into, I'm going to argue, fantasy. Oh, absolutely. And that's a little disappointing, to be real. 
Yeah. I, I gotta be real. But at the same time, like, Indiana Jones does that. Yeah. You know, like, the arc opens and fucking spirits comes out and mm-hmm. the Holy Grail was real and the fucking heart ripping out and that guy still, like, all that shit was still very fantastical. There's a game that I'm doing later this season where I was so worried it was gonna go down that path <laughs> and I was so fucking grateful that it didn't. Oh, good. Because, yeah, there was lots of, like, people saying, like, oh, there's curses and blah, blah, blah. And the main character would be like, you're stupid. There's no such thing. And, fortunately, there never was. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But this, uh, okay. And, like, I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They kind of look like the guys that paint their faces white in Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit like that. They kind of look like a, a skinny Kratos almost, you know? Yes. That, like, beat white emaciated but ripped kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel good about saying buff wendigo because they are a little bit bigger than human sized they're fucking creepy as shit though I'll tell you what okay well let's uh, explore these new monsters we've got now there's monsters so again Elena's up on like a higher platform she got boosted up to and she is screaming like hey what's going on down there and <laughs> Nate's like just throw down the fucking rope please <laughs> yeah <laughs> please 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 help She's having trouble throwing this rope down to get them up. Uh, there's like a dozen monsters that show up and spawn and try to kill Nate and Eddie that climb into frame from the depths and the darkness as you and Eddie shoot them down. After you finish the fight, Eddie screams at one not to mess with him. And as Eddie is heckling a monster, the <laughs> monster starts pulling Eddie down into the depths. Good. Nate is like, Jesus Christ, hold on. He runs to Eddie. And as he shoots the monsters, pulling Eddie down, one bites Eddie clean in the neck and manages to pull him down into the depths of the catacombs oh, away shit. from Nate. I mean, the guy's kind of a dick anyway. He sucks, but it's like, you know, I want you to die at my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now Nate's alone with more and more monsters showing up to eat him. And he's screaming at Elena to hurry up while he's being chased by like buff vampire men. Right. I, I it's they're so fucking creepy. I mean, they can go in the sunlight, right? I think so. Yeah, because we're they're implied to be the ones that ripped up the dudes in the jungle and shit like right, that. Right, right. They're very animalistic in that sense. She finally gets the rope moving to pull Nate up to the top of the tunnel through rope physics, <laughs> and they fucking book it. Now the monsters here saw this and follow Nate up where he begins to run and gun away. They manage to run through a new building and lock a door behind them. Thankfully, it's a steel vault door, and they just like close it, lock it. They're like, phew. And Elena's like, okay, hey, Nate, where are we? Why is there a vault door? (laughs) They realize they're in a modern laboratory. Chapter 18, The Bunker. So I guess it's more of a bunker than a lab situation. It feels like a, there's there's science happening. They see a submarine in water and a big Nazi generator thing, because there's always a generator. It's a Nazi generator now. They realize the Nazis did indeed find the El Dorado gold. But something must have happened mysteriously. And you're like, yeah, obviously. There's always a goddamn generator. (laughs) They realize the Nazis did indeed find the El Dorado gold, but something happened mysteriously. Like, clearly it did, right? Right. They need to turn on the generator to make it out of the area because fuck you, generators. (laughs) So Elena sends Nate out to turn on the power since she's not as jumpy or as good as parkour as he is. And that's literally what she says. She's like, do you really think I can fucking keep up and make that jump? You go. No, professionals couldn't because this is impossible. You didn't say this much shit when we talked about the monsters, but okay. (laughs) I did. 
Yeah. So the Nazis had some sort of crazy ass facility built on the island with all this El Dorado shit. But like, why? There's modern metal pumps and piping that Nate jumps through as he goes to find the generator. Nate goes through some dark passageways and his walkie goes off with static, but he can't get a signal. So he still can't get in contact with Sully, which is really frustrating for him. Nate sees some weird testing rooms and what looks like some science labs, like full-ass laboratories. It's probably nothing. What in the hell has happened? Like, from this forest jungle island, and now we're in a laboratory. What? It's Indiana Jones. There's Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Nazis. Here in the depths of the Nazi hallways, one of the most notable gaming jump scares of all time happens. You're alone. The music has cut out save for the sound of your own footsteps and running. Then, a monster like the one that ate Eddie just show up. Like, oh, around a corner, dark as shit. And there's a bunch. It's completely quiet, save for you, and they just keep showing up. There's a lot of lineage from The Last of Us in this section, with how decrepit it is, and how these monsters come out of fucking nowhere and run at you. It's genuinely very cool. That sounds terrifying. I was gonna say there's also like a tinge of outlast in there as you run through the dark and these monsters come out and they're like focused on killing you, but at least here you have a gun. Yeah. Nate hand pumps the generator to turn it on, you know, crescent triangle. <laughs> and you get it the power going in the facility. Great. Chapter 19. Unwelcome guests. If that wasn't fucking clear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who is the unwelcome guest at this point? Everyone. No one should be here. Yeah. Turning on the power kickstarts an emergency alarm system, which flashes red and blares sound, alerting all these crazy-ass monsters to your presence. This is bad. The music swells with an incredible orchestral score and the high-intensity violins layered with long, horror-infused notes. This is good. <laughs> Situation bad, music good. I mean, you say we're in chapter 19 of 22, so we we should be, like, having those big climactic moments now and, like, closing out some big things. So, yeah, I imagine music, everything, the atmosphere, the action is probably just oh, at a fever pitch. It's incredible. Nate, now with the power on, Nate has to run back to Elena to escape. But doesn't that mean he's also leading the monsters straight to her? Whatever, it's fine. All he's done is lead danger to her. That's been their entire relationship so far, so it's just par for the course. It's true. The mercenary to Nazi-powered monsters pipeline is really short in this game. <laughs> like, it's just, it's bad. While killing Nazi mutants or whatever, Nate says, this is turning out to be a really lousy day. Now it is. <laughs> At this point, it's become lousy. The rest, that was just a regular day in the life of Nathan Drake. The murder I can forgive, but the monsters, that's really pushing it, right, buddy? But the Nazi monsters, that's where I draw the line. While trying to find his way out of the facility, he runs into what every horror movie trope loves. A room with a film movie being projected onto a screen for no one. What movie's being projected? The movie is of the gold of El Dorado, and then a bunch of men going feral, chained to pillars now quick question this movie is this animated in the video game style or were we watching a live action movie actually being projected on this is gonna be like a found footage situation okay a found footage situation yeah so okay. it looks like probably the nazis were like filming shit while they were excavating and for some reason the recording is being projected onto a wall and it is just happening 
Got you. No, the reason I asked was like I was playing Cyberpunk the other day and I went to a movie theater and they were putting a real Western in the movie theater like oh, yeah. on the projector. But this is video game footage. This is 2007, Tom. Take it down a notch. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. The movie is of the gold of El Dorado and then a bunch of men going feral chain next to these pillars, like I said. So like fucking crazy shit. This actually almost happens verbatim in Until Dawn, where we see men turning into Wendigos yeah. in footage. Um, similar, but in this context, same for <laughs> Uncharted Drake's fortune, which is crazy. Yeah, it sounded like all those totems that you'd collected in the video that got put together through those totems. Yeah, and then like when you go into the sanatorium, there's literally just footage of it happening, and you're like, cool, I just lost a finger in a bear trap. Let's yeah. fucking go with this. There's a picture of the statue of El Dorado next to a note that reads, My end is year. The devil's hunt for me in the darkness. The gold of El Dorado bears a terrible curse. The Spaniards have unleashed hell and become as demons. My men have all been murdered, leaving the task to me alone. No ship shall depart this island. I destroyed them all and drowned the cursed city. A thing of such great evil must never leave these shores. In my final hour, I commend my soul to God. May he have mercy on this unholy place. XOXO, Francis Drake. A real letter from Francis Drake, finally. So now Nate's like, holy shit. Yeah. First of all, what? <laughs> <laughs> so with this context, Nate's all stoked because Drake didn't die a coward. He died saving the world from goddamn monsters. And he left his fucking ring back there. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and we know the monsters were the Spaniards who tried to take the gold out of El Dorado, and they're still fucking around. So this is a terrible, terrible curse. Yeah, this is like the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean curse in yeah, Black Pearl. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Nate kills more monsters and backtracks it to the room to meet Elena, where Roman and his gang have her in another room across <gasps> a glass panel. Oh, no. Elena screams to Nate to get out of there. Navarro grabs her and puts a gun to her head. She owes him nothing. She did not have to do this. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more mad I am that she's like dick whipped on him for some reason. She's on the journey, so she's just fucking part of it now. Roman gets back on Mike and says, thanks for leading us to El Dorado. And they're going to keep Elena on to discourage Sully and Nate for doing anything creative. She is murder bait now. There's no mic on Nate's end, so he just has to figure out what to do next, which is so frustrating to be like, we took your friend that you've known for three days. Um, don't act up. Have fun with the murder monsters. And he's like, I can't even say fuck you. Like, really? I mean, there's that aspect, but I've actually been really proud of her for not being the damsel in distress this entire game so far. And then right here at the end. Oh, she's yeah. She's the damsel in distress. Damn it. <laughs> we also don't know where Sully is, so we should probably figure that out soon. Nate is then ambushed in his room by Mercs, of course, and he has to shoot his way out. He just killed, like, 45 fucking monsters. Now he has to switch gears back to humans. Oh, but wait, there's more. The monsters have shown up. So now he's in a fucking firefight with monsters from literal hell, Mercs who are just paid guns, and they are straddling this world of an ancient cursed island, and Nazis, which are kind of the same, but German, and he's just trying to fucking live because they stole a girl he has a crush on. Also, he wants this gold. It's fucking... This game's insane. Not just this girl that he has a crush on, his employer, who he has a crush on. Oh my god, it's his boss, you're yeah. right. 
She's not going to recommend him for more shit after this. And he's not going to get paid if she doesn't come back. And that's truly probably his biggest motivation if we're 100. And she's already lost the footage of the documentary. So like, that's not happening. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So while Nate's running through to find Elena or Sully, either one, I guess, he's getting jumped by Mercs and Monsters. And of Mercs and Monsters is actually my favorite Steinbeck novel. (laughs) I had to. I'm upset about it, too. I'm not mad. That was great. That was good. (laughs) It's bad. Following an increasingly epic shootout, killing monsters and men, Nate makes it through the shipping yard area into some clear space where the musical cues tell us that we're safe for now. For now. Chapter 20. Race to the rescue. Nate tries again to radio Sully, and he finally gets through. Sully says he's pinned down outside the church, and Nate heads towards him for the rescue. He hears Sully scream, you cold-blooded sons of bitches, as you enter the battleground and shoot your way to Sully. Was he talking to Nathan? No, he's just yelling at the perks. <laughs> no, I know, but he is a cold-blooded son He of might a- as well be. <laughs> it's just a general greeting he has. You murder a small army surrounding a church to get Sully available to help on your mission. While murdering people, Nate tells Sully that they have to go save everyone. Like, not just Elena. He's like, no, no, no. This statue makes people go crazy. It killed the Germans, it killed the natives, it took the Spaniards. This shit's fucking wild. So Nathan's got like a guy on the ground, on his knees, he pops him in the back of the head and he's like, we gotta save some people. Entirely. (laughs) It's so fucked. He's curb stomping someone like, yeah, the real monsters are on this island. Yeah, just taking a knife, putting it in somebody's neck and then being like... There's some fucked shit going here, guys. It's not Drake's sense of irony. It's Drake's (laughs) fortune. (laughs) Okay. So it's it's just so fucked. He so he talks about like how he saw the sculpture tearing people, all this crazy shit. He says this while he's shooting people in the dick, like you said. So I don't know where his priorities are. Sully's like, oh shit, sorry, what? <laughs> and Nate's like, we have no time. We have to get to the church. Also, the irony that this is all happening on a church. Whatever. Right, right. Nate and Sully open the big doors to the church, and Nate goes on yet another murder spree in the house of the Lord. Nate's murdered, like, a lot of people in a church setting. This is the first game. (laughs) This is how we introduced to this man. After leaving a trail of death behind you on your way to stop the monsters from killing people, Nate's like, okay, Sully, let's go through the hidden passage under the altar. They push this altar and find a trap door down into the depths that is literally covered in bones. Covered in bones. Covered in bones is not something I wanted to say today. This is probably like just their dump pit for... Their dump pit! Yeah. Ugh. Chapter 21. Gold and bones. Sully is like, okay, deadass, tell me what's going on. <laughs> Nate explains that Sir Francis Drake knew the gold was cursed and was trying to keep people from getting it off the island. Sully does not question this further and is like, all right, let's walk through this world of loose skeletons and save Elena and the world. They walk down and finally see the actual statue, the gold of El Dorado. The 500-pound statue, the fucking behemoth. Roman beat them there, unfortunately, and two mercs show up and put guns to the heads of Nate and Sully. (sighs) Roman orders Nate and Sully to drop their guns and threatens to kill Elena. They comply, and Roman head towards the statue. It is a sick-ass statue, and it's probably like nine or ten feet tall. That's fucking awesome. Navarro tells Roman that the real treasure is inside the statue and encourages Roman to open it. It's friendship. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just like a BFF sticker. Like, hey, girl. It's the bosses we made along the way. Yeah. Once he opens it, 
it turns out the statue is a tomb. <gasps> a decomposing body is there, and as Roman inhales, he almost immediately turns into one of the monsters, and this Roman monster runs for Navarro. As he's running for Navarro, Navarro brings up his gun. Nate's like, wait, don't shoot. Navarro shoots him in the head. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. Like, this guy just got the mummy curse brought onto yeah, him. Yeah, and it goes immediately. Like, the Last of Us curse can take up to 24 hours to turn into a full monster. Right. This shit is, like, immediate. Right, instant. <laughs> Instantaneous murder monster. So Nate's like, hey, let's not do this. That statue took out an entire island of people. <laughs> Navarro's like, yeah, shut up. I know what I'm doing. This is worth a lot of money to the right buyer. Mm. Yeah, because it turns people into fucking demons. It's not just the gold, it's a weapon. Right. Again, the Nazis were here not too long ago. <laughs> They're super into shit like that. Moving the statue somehow summons a bunch of monsters, and Sully is like, hey, what is happening? What is this shit? <laughs> too many monsters. Nate's like, those are the Spaniards that never made it off the island, which is also a crazy thing to say. <laughs> this could be so much worse if it gets off the island and towards like a group of actual people. Right. You basically are unleashing the Cordyceps virus onto the world. Maybe. Yeah. Turning everyone into a Wendigo. Whatever. Sully and Nate knock out the mercs behind them and take their guns as Nate goes after the treasure to stop it from leaving the island. The statue gets locked from above and becomes helicoptered out. And Nate jumps off netting as it flies via helicopter into the sky. Oh my gosh. So that thing is just going to take the curse with it wherever it goes. Yeah. Navarro above is manning the helicopter with Elena as his prisoner in the back seat. He tells one of his goons to shoot Nate off the statue. As this happens, Elena's like, fuck that. And kicks the shooter who shoots the pilot and the helicopter starts to go crazy. Nice. She's like, I don't give a fuck. We're not doing this. The helicopter taxis over a boat and crashes gently on a landing pad. Elena's knocked out. She's been in a, like a couple tricky situations with planes lately. Yeah. But Navarro jumps out and tells everyone on the boat to kill Nate. Again, like I'm not on his side on this, but I understand why he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I can understand his motivations. Yeah, no one's like pressed by this by any means. Which is crazy because like to be real, as far as villains go, this isn't a great villain. No. And yet I fully understand his motivations. I fully can relate to like his feelings. It's kind of interesting, but, but otherwise he's not that great of a villain. He's kind of a dime a dozen bad guy who wants something with power. Like it doesn't mean a lot, but... The performance is good enough that you're like, I see you. Okay. Yeah. Chapter 22, Showdown. Nate is once again on a boat because of some treasure related to Sir Francis Drake while Elena is being useless somewhere else. But at least this time she's actually passed out in a burning helicopter, not just like filming. <laughs> on board is the treasure of El Dorado, the monster making haunted curse of the island. Navarro has every person on this boat armed and ready to kill Nate. Nate murders everybody on board and makes it up to where the helicopter crashed to get Elena and get her safe. She's knocked back by a blast from Navarro, who is deeply angry and hunting them. He knocks the gun out of Nate's hand, who runs towards him now, unarmed, and just punches the shit out of him. Because, <laughs> like, at this point, he's just like, fuck it. Guns don't seem to work. Yeah, exactly. They start wrestling and grappling, and Navarro headbutts him super fucking bad, which is, like, so primal to headbutt someone. Oh my god, yeah. Nate knocks Navarro the fuck out, finally, and runs over to Elena. 
He pulls her out of the crashed helicopter and she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Navarro's behind you with a gun. Nate sees the cord connecting the helicopter to the stolen treasure is wrapped around Navarro's foot. Oh, hell yeah. All right. You got to roll with me for one more thing. Okay. Nate pushes the helicopter off the boat with his bare hands. (laughs) So hmm, I I don't want to make the obvious reference right now, but it's goddamn near impossible. Mm -hmm. All I'm thinking is like Chris Evans in... (laughs) Civil War literally grabbing a helicopter and pulling. This guy's not Captain fucking America. No, he's He has fought the Nazis. Yeah, true. (laughs) The monster Nazis, too. The monster Nazis. And so is he Captain America? Is he actually a superhero? It would explain the physics-defying abilities of him, (laughs) the fact that he can push a helicopter off of a boat, the fact that he can, like climb a mountain for hour and 45 minutes straight (laughs) six stories up without even being winded and then getting up there and killing 75 people he might be you know we need like this origin story that shows when he got the super soldier serum apparently (laughs) instead in four we get him and his brother going on like a night adventure and looking into a museum (laughs) and then the uncharted movie is him going to like steal shit in an auction with mark Wahlberg. (laughs) It doesn't do this world justice because we need to know more. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is the boat listing? Like, what's happening? Like, is it? The boat's just kind of hanging out. Like, it was in the middle of the ocean. And it wasn't like the helicopter was like teetering on the edge or anything like that. It's a little on the edge, but it's it's not that on the edge. It's not so much that he could easily just like counterweight it and tip it and it goes down. He has to literally push it off the yeah, and also, to your point, the anchor of the El Dorado statue, which, again, is, like, what, 500 pounds? Right. Is on the boat proper. It's not on the ocean. So yeah. it's in kind of the middle of the boat. The cord for the statue to the boat is wrapped around Navarro's ankle. And then the helicopter is kind of on the edge of the boat. But it's not loose enough that Elena could have tipped over. It was solid enough that Elena was passed out laying on it. No one worried about her falling off. Nate had enough time to run over, unhook her, bring her out. And and I'm then not going to lie. It sounds like this fucking statue's heavy enough that if that helicopter went in the water, it would just hold the helicopter down in the water. Like, (laughs) it wouldn't go with it. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, now we're stuck. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. But anyway. I I see where this is going anyway, so. 31-year-old Nathan Drake pushes a helicopter off of a boat (laughs) as it falls into the ocean. The cord tightens and pulls Navarro and the gold of El Dorado down into the ocean with it. Nate says, adios, asshole as he murders his rival after he pushed a helicopter off of a boat. (laughs) I mean, that's one hell of a way to kill somebody. It's pretty satisfying, (laughs) but it's also fucking insane. (laughs) Elena and Nate look out and see Sully driving another boat to come and save them. Of course, Sully is just always there in the nick of time. With a boat. With a boat. Nate jokes about how it's a typical day of saving the world and triumphing over evil, but is sad they are leaving empty-handed. Elena says, we're not fully empty handed. She has one thing and she pulls Sir Francis Drake's ring out and puts it over Nate's neck on the same necklace that he was wearing it on. Oh, okay. So he didn't lose his ring. She went back and saved the ring. That's pretty good. Sully makes fun of them for flirting. (laughs) I've never understood making fun of somebody for flirting. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Like, ooh, ha ha ha. You guys are going to. Like each other. Ooh, this motherfucker wants to feel loved. You're alone. Why are you making fun of me right now for happiness? Fuck off. Oh, I'm married. I make fun of people for flirting. If it's bad. If it's bad flirting, yeah, I guess so. But I'm not going to make fun of somebody for liking somebody else. 
Sully's like, get on the boat. And he's like, by the way, I pilfered some gold off of some pirates who were too dead to care. So he did manage to steal a bunch of gold. Of course he did. <laughs> he's Benny from the Mummy series. Like, he just lined his fucking pockets before running out of there. Oh, hell yeah. Nate says he's sorry to Elena for not getting her her story. She says, it's okay. You still owe me one. He says he's good for it. He puts his arm around her and they boat off into the sunset. And that is Uncharted Drake's Fortune. I mean, that's a fun adventure. I was not expecting Supernatural to enter in at all. Although it's prefaced with like, this is Dude Raider. This is Indiana Jones. Like, totally. it's not as direct in those games, and excuse me, in those properties as they seem to be. Yeah, no, that's true. They always do go on a wild turn right at the end, but. <laughs> the the third act monster drop really happens. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely does. And I guess typically you do a monster like that so that way you have a faceless non-human to kill constantly so that way you don't have to deal with the guilt of murdering a bunch of people. However. But this game doesn't <laughs> really care and just did both. No, they couldn't give two shits. They're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Murder everyone, bitch. Oh, man. So that's the first Uncharted. So that... There you go, Goombas is... You seem stressed out. Why I am stressed? stressed out just because Nathan Drake is still not my favorite hero. Yeah. He doesn't make sense as a hero because I can't tell what he's supposed to be. A hero? Question mark? Yeah, he's a hero question mark. And not in the way like Joel from Last of Us is a hero because he's mm -hmm. very much like anti-hero. Yeah. He's fully anti-hero. Certainly. I don't feel like they're playing... Nathan Drake to be an anti-hero no. though. <laughs> he's supposed to be Captain America to your point. Yeah, he's supposed to be all American. He's very intelligent. Like he's half historian of ancient worlds and then half Indiana Jones, truly. Like that is the goal. Instead we got Johnny Knoxville and Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. Right. <laughs> and that still kind of works to be real. And I kind of hate that they did make him, you know, Sir Francis Drake's actual descendant or whatever because i mean he had that ring for some fucking reason unless i could explain later uh there is a lot more lore throughout the games there is okay yeah like um like I, we mentioned before we meet his older brother sam drake and there are some history dumps and pieces these are also in the movie which kind of come up although the movie is not perfect canonical to the games okay i will admit that one really cute thing is that when you see Nolan North's cameo in the movie, he's dressed up as baby Nathan. When we see Aww. him as a younger person in the game, he's wearing the same baseball tee that young Nate wears. And there's a lot of cute stuff. But yeah, there's good homages. Yeah, there's good homages. But there are slight differences in lore in terms of how everything comes together. But I don't know. It's it is fun. You do you do get a lot of that great. Naughty Dog gameplay without the heavy story of The Last of Us. So if you are like, man, these sections are great. Fucking pick these up. They're great. They clearly have kind of tied up the story of Nathan Drake with four. Although I think the door's open if there's always going to be more money at the end of it. But I agree. Fun. I mean, I know what happens at the end of four. And uh, without saying anything really spoilery, there's a big time jump there. Yes. And I think there's lots of opportunity between the time jump for more story. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you get you give yourself some credit when there's a time jump. But yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this because it was stressful at times for me and I had to say some crazy shit. I had to double check my Tagalog at one point. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> what do we have coming up? We've got another episode next week for the next nine weeks. This is our beginning of season six and we are so excited to be back. Yeah, that was one hell of an opener for season six. Like I said, Thank this has you. been one of the most requested games by far. I hope I did right by you guys. I hope we did too. Yeah, definitely. So please, Goombas, go on and subscribe, like us, comment to us, go to Instagram, go to our Discord. If you signed up for the Patreon, sign up for the Patreon so you can go to the Discord. Yeah. You know, all sorts of things. We've got so much stuff coming at you this season. During the season itself, you know, there are some games that we're going to be doing that have big DLCs that come. So what we're going to do is we'll cover the entire game here on the main show. And then we'll cover those entire DLCs over on the Patreon. So if you want to sign up to listen to that kind of stuff, that's what we'll be doing over there. It'll be really fun. And again, if you are around February 17th or 19th at Level Up Expo in Las Vegas, come say hi. We are in the community booths right before the gaming hall at the end of the exhibit hall next to Las Vegas Furcon. All right. And uh, in the meantime, you can check us out also at our website, theothercastlepodcast.com. That's theothercastlepodcast.com. All right, Goombas, until next week. We love you. Stay safe. Don't follow a man into the jungle. No, definitely not. And go find your own fortune. Yeah. Not Drake's. No, that one's all fucked. And this is Tom and Andrea reminding you, don't skip the cutscenes. Bye. Bye.